What's up? I'm John Huertas. I play Miguel on This Is Us. And right now, I'm on the Below the Belt show. The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Yeah, that's right. It's time for another episode of BTB, Below the Belt Show, recording on a special night on Thursday, May 13th, as yours truly was on set of an upcoming miniseries that I guess I cannot talk about quite yet, but I would love to share with all of you the details when I can. I'm Al Celebrity Soda, your host with the most, but nonetheless, I am still here to deliver BTB for all our fans, despite not being available and being on set this week, especially on Wednesday, our normal recording time. But nonetheless, I'm a dedicated podcaster, guys. So I'm here. Yes, sir. (laughs) For your weekly pleasure. Uh, Let's go ahead and introduce the panel. Starting with, he is uh, calling in remote as he is en route to his home studio. Uh, I believe he just saw the movie Saw. Um, I'm sorry, just saw the movie Jigsaw, right? Is it Jigsaw? It's Spiral. Spiral. Oh, God, Jesus, Lord from Almighty. The, from the Book of Saw. The Book of Saw, that's right. Um, yes. And we can't wait to talk about that. He's the uh, king of the 80s and the motivational speaker, Chachi McFly. Uh, good yes. to have you back uh, via telephone. Good old-fashioned yes. telephone. Um as you are en route to the home studio. Uh, the beautiful home studio, yes. And then <laughs> let's go ahead and introduce, guys. She is the one and only. She is the amazing, the multi-talented Miss Ellis, <laughs> a.k.a. Your Grace. Yes, hello. Hi. Morgan. So lovely fabulous. to be here. Morgan Fab, Thanks. good to have you back on BTB. So good to be here. Yeah. Love y'all. Miss you guys. It yeah. has been. Yeah. It's been a minute. It has yep. been a minute. Yeah. Looking, looking lovely as ever. I Thank know, you. right? In well, my very, rose in my rose garden. Very spring like. No, no, I was talking to Al. Oh, okay. He has an after um, set flow. On oh, yes. I, I can't. I cannot with you. <laughs> I, cannot, I can't. I can't. I can't either, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Well, guys, we have a very interesting and special show tonight. Um, uh, 
not be having a special guest um, joining us. However, I do have a pre-recorded interview that we'll play at the end of the program with a horror filmmaker. His wow. name is Jess Norvisgard. He's like a Viking. Myself and Desiree Velez of Click on This Show. She uh, guest co-hosted last week, conducted an interview with Jess. Uh, his film is called The Good Things Devils Do. Can you believe devils wow. actually good things it stars wow. kane hotter um you might know him from friday the 13th fame and other horror oh, yeah. legends he, he played um jason that's right he was yeah. jason so uh we're gonna talk to jess one of the most um, popular jasons too. one of the best and popular yes and his yeah, yeah. character in this movie is completely despicable guys and we'll save that all for the interview this is a special pre-recorded interview via our friends at click on this show um but um that's going to be later in the program but tonight we're just going to go ahead and just uh, get right into it lots of stuff to talk about in the world of entertainment guys um but while we're on the topic of achachi um since we usually do start with movies you saw the um spiral movie which is from the book of saw yeah um I was wondering if you could give us um, your review of the film. Yeah, actually, I enjoyed it. You know, like Chris Rock is the star of this and I believe producer. Um, oh, wow. For this movie. And so they're kind of just trying to bring the whole uh, franchise back, you know, and with the spiral name. So it's kind of like a different take. Um, Samuel L. Jackson's in the movie, you know, playing um, Chris Rock's father. They're kind of close in age, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like um, Samuel Jackson's 72. I looked it up, and Chris Rock is, um, I believe, like 56. Okay. Um, oh, wow. So, like, so Samuel L. Jackson had him young, you know, as, as motherfuckers normally do. Yeah, um, as a young, yeah. Like that, young uh, gangbanger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but, no, um, you know, it's, 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 it's the same thing that you'd expect from any Saw movie, you know, the the gross um, deaths, um, you know, the different, you know, playing a game, trying to get out of these traps, mm-hmm. you know, for people who have done wrong in their life and they're getting, you know, punishment and they have, you know, a way to live, which normally, like, fucks them up anyways. Um, right. So, I mean, it was good. I think, I think the creators of Saul really regret um, killing off Jigsaw so early in the franchise. They probably didn't think it'd be going on for so long and then, like, the the movies, um, after he died, they always were trying to find a way to still show Jigsaw. He was such a popular um, villain or character. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you know, he's already dead. So they had to always get clever with trying to show him. Um, this this is just like a whole new um, springboard now. So you don't have Jigsaw anymore. And you right. Have, you know, pe- people who like are you know, followers of Jigsaw. And Jigsaw's know, dead for sure, I guess, without giving it away. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been dead, you know. Since I think like this third movie, maybe second or third movie. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, you know, of, never say never in these kind of movies. <laughs> well, <laughs> if he came back, it would be some kind of superhuman thing. So I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Saul's never really dove into like the superhuman type of um, villain, you know, That's as like Friday the 13th and stuff. Right. Um, did with Jason and then Freddy. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I enjoyed it. You know, it is what it is. It's like a, it's a Saul movie. So you're not getting like you know, Citizen Kane or anything. It's just uh-huh. like a lot of you know, not a jump, a lot of gross out moments, you know. It's just typical typical Saul, you know. 
Interesting, because well, Chris Rock is—I is, mean, we we know him for the comedies. I mean, we know him. Yeah. Although he did do Fargo, but this is—I don't know if this is his first foray into horror, is it? Um, for horror, I believe so. And it, and for me, it's kind of weird. Like even with Chris Rock being serious, I still want to laugh because it's just Chris Rock. So for right. me, it was kind of—it's kind of hard taking him in such a serious role. I mean, he did a good job, but you know, for me, he's always Chris Rock, and even when he's being serious, like oh. he, I think he's still funny. Um, you know, and he even like threw out like a New Jack City reference like during the movie, which I thought was pretty funny. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's hysterical. Any, which, I mean, is, did he yeah. at least throw any funny moments? Oh, of course, of course. Okay, oh, yeah, he's, so, he's, so, so he's, he's definitely still... like a he, he plays a cop, you know, as as people have seen in the um, trailer. But right. he's like kind of like wisecracking, you know, cracking jokes and stuff. Homicide so detective Zeke Banks. Yeah, so he's not he's not like a super serious. Um, you know, cop or anything. Okay. But, um, but there's definitely a lot of serious moments in this. So oh, I, I, I thought we did well. I mean, whenever you can see Chris Rock and um, Samuel Jackson together in a movie, you know, it's, it's going to be oh, enjoyable. Oh, dude, a lot of motherfuckers. Yeah, 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 and of course Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson did a lot of the, did a lot of the motherfuckers too. You know. Like, like I think that's in his contract. I think his contract yeah. says like he's got to say motherfucker a number of times in a movie. He said it a bunch right. of times. <laughs> <laughs> Your Grace, we're we're doing another movie night, so maybe this is I, well. This is yeah. a little heavy. This movie might be a little heavy for you, though. Oh, it might be too heavy <laughs> for me. Oh, she doesn't like the horror movies. Oh, I, mean... I have nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> God, that um, what was that one we <sighs> saw with um? Oh God, it oh, was Vince like Vaughn. Road... Yeah, that was. Oh yeah. That well, was... No, that oh, was oh, okay. The, um... That one was like the road rage one. I was like, not well. Oh, yeah. But that wasn't really oh, oh, horror. Wow. That was just a really heavy film. It just like uh, gave Russell me anxiety. Crow? Yeah, yeah. yeah that oh, yeah. gave me severe anxiety. It did. It did. There's <laughs> something else. Oh, wait. Isn't, um, I want to see Cruella. Isn't that coming out? That's yeah. Not, yeah it's, not, it's not out yet, though. And I would also, I would go and see the new, whatever Angela, Angelina Jolie is in, that, that movie. That's, that's exactly where uh, my next point is. You're great. I would that's go. Called, I would go see that. That looks. It's called good. yes. It's called Those Who Wish Me Dead. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a tale of a firefighter seeking redemption, a sheriff and his wife fighting for survival, and a young witness trying to elude his captors, and all of them coping with a massive forest fire. Um, so Angelina Jolie, who we love, Chachi, we work with her on Salt yes, a few yes. years back. She stars yeah, as yeah. Hannah. That was a good movie. That more was than a really years. Wasn't it? It is a little few more than a few years, of course. Um, a few years, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Angelina is a hard partying forest fighter. Okay. Um, forest firefighter, that is. Who ju- who's just one of the guys. Demeter hides the fact that she's haunted by a mission gone wrong. So. Uh, you know, I love Angelina. I mean, this is—I guess this is a return to the movie. She's taking a little hiatus from acting because she's got the Eternals coming out for Marvel. She's got this big movie, guys. Um, and I was told, and I think I recall that this movie, uh, "Those Who Wish Me Dead," will be also available on HBO Max. But nonetheless, love Angelina. Well, she's like, love to see it. Yeah, she's like a hundred pounds. I can't—I can't picture her. Yeah, she's so but... small. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, but she can. I guess, I'm sure she can pull it off. Well, you know, she was the original Tomb Raider. You know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
regional badass. I was really surprised at how small she is in person. Like, like she looks a lot, a lot taller on the screen. She doesn't yeah. eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Wait, how tall is she? I would say around five three, if I were to guess. Yeah, really? she's, so she's pretty she, short. So yeah. She's my height, but like. You know, Skeletor, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I'm not it's trying to be mean. Fun. I just, you know. It's still beautiful. Okay, Chassie, <laughs> Simmer. She loves your, your curves, Morgan. Yeah. Oh. I like right. food. Yeah, right? Oh, that's, that's, a good, that's a good thing I'm talking about. Thank you. Great. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Top of the box office is Wrath of Man. This is... uh. Oh, Jason, Jason Statham's um, newest film, its latest heist flick, which reunited him with Guy Ritchie. Um, so, really good movie. Mixed reviews from the critics. Okay. The, uh, so, Chachi, I mean, yeah, now that you mention it, give us another movie review. Wrath of Man, the number one movie in America. Number one movie, nice. Yeah. What would you? Uh, what can you say about this film? I mean, just it's typical Jason Statement type of film. Like a lot of um, action. Um, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. To, it's hard to say too much more without giving away stuff. But it's a good um, action flick. Okay. And, you know, like a lot of these movies, a lot of the, a lot of the real big blockbusters aren't going to come out this summer. Like they're pushed back to the fall. But you're going to get like a lot yeah. of um, good Except action. Except Black movies. Widow. Like, Black Widow is coming out in July. It's coming out. Yeah, it's coming out July, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, I expect your typical action-packed, just swashbuckling um, action film that you expect from uh, Jason Statham. And, of course, um, it is Guy Ritchie, you know? I mean, he's the man behind um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. always puts on a good movie. So I think that's kind of... Definitely a, a quirky movie, you know, like that, okay. that um, Guy yeah. Ritchie does. The Guy Ritchie style of, okay, good, yeah. good, yeah. I mean, I love those films back in the day. Both of those films were fantastic, and it's a good pairing, Guy Ritchie and uh, Jason Statham. Um, oh, yeah. Um, so Demon Slayer, the uh, the anime film, uh, the number two movie. Mortal Kombat drops down to number three. Godzilla vs. Kong comes out at number four. And Can you believe Ryan the Last Dragon, Your Grace, is still in the top five? That was a wonderful movie. That was a it wonderful was a lot of film. Fun. That was good. Yeah, are you gonna, so good. Are you gonna buy your the uh, toy of that little uh, rolling creature? <laughs> Is it out? <laughs> you know you, you love know, that little creature. I, no, my sister did did buy the baby Yoda, and uh, I guess yeah. her boy her boyfriend was like, no more tchotchkes. And, like she put it in like in her like office on her I, desk. You said, you, said, you said no more tchotchkes. You said. Her boyfriend said no more tchotchkes, not tchotchkes. Oh, okay. Tchotchkes. I, I thought he said no more tchotchkes. I was like, upset. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so she, but she's been, bu- she keeps buying Baby Yoda stuff. So I was right. like, don't, I was like, don't go see Raya and the Last Dragon because you're going to want that little, I don't even remember what its name was, oh, but yeah. it, it, it was cute. It's, it's beyond adorable. It was a good movie. It was a really good movie. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It was and, great. And, and it's also kind of like a heist movie. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Yeah. It was good. Speaking of Disney Intrigue. guys, um, Jungle Cruise will debut in theaters and Disney Plus premiere. So that means you do have to purchase the film, just like uh, Ryan the Last Dragon, if you want to watch it on Disney Plus. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's The Rock and it's Emily Blunt, you know, and it's based on mm-hmm. a popular Disney theme park attraction. 
It's going to cost twenty nine ninety nine. Um, so uh, this uh, will drop simultaneously in theaters on July thirtieth. So another big blockbuster. Chach is another good one. Another yeah, I was actually just on the um, Jungle Cruise um, ride like a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You were at Disney. Yeah. So uh, they made some they made some changes to it. They get rid of the guy with the shrunken heads. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, was that I, guess that's, I guess that's racist. I don't know now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not considered too family friendly, but uh, who knows? Interestingly enough, when Emily Blunt was uh, interviewed um, to promote, I guess jungle cruise i guess in her project she was actually asked about the rumors of her being the fantastic four movie as you know fantastic fantastic four is going to be redone by the marvel studios mcu yeah um and apparently um she she talked about how she is actually not um too big in the superhero genre so hmm. first she said yeah so she was uh, actually uh, on the howard stern show she said she was obsessed with iron man and she wanted to work with Robert Downey Jr. She said it would have been amazing. But she says, I don't know if superheroes are for me. They're not up my alley. I don't like them. I really don't. I'm like, whoa. Now, um, she says we are inundated. It's not only all the movies. It's movies. It's endless TV shows as well, which is true. I mean, Emily's 100% true. Um, it's not to say that I never want to play one. It's just... Mm. It would just have to be something so cool and a really cool character, and then I'd be interested. She'd probably have to do something a little dark, a little quirky, you know, not your typical, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I mean, Emily Blunt, she's lovely. I mean, she's a fantastic actress, um, you know. I mean, I thought Woody Harrelson's playing a supervillain, and Cletus <laughs> Cassidy, uh, also known as Venom, I'm sorry, also known as Carnage, sorry. And uh, we just got a glimpse of the Venom sequel. Um, so that uh, trailer. Anyone got a chance to watch the trailer? I did. Ven- Venom, mm-hmm. Let There Be Carnage. Dropping in September of 2021. It was supposed to come out uh, October 2020, but uh, as you know, pushed due to COVID. Um, interesting enough, Andy Serkis will be directing the Venom sequel. Which is interesting. So, yeah, I think mean, the, the, the trailer cool. The trailer yeah, cool. I mean, it, yeah. I gotta yeah. watch that. Yeah, it showed more the comedic side of. Uh, I like that. Show the, com- show the comedic side. You, you know, know like, he's trying to make breakfast in the morning with his yeah. uh, his venom uh, symbiotic um, extended. So <laughs> I don't know what do you call him. Was making breakfast in the, in the kitchen and then. Uh, I don't know, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I, I won't judge it. You can't, you really can't judge a movie by its trailer, you know, and uh, especially with the superhero genre, they can only fit so much in there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed prob- the first one, but you know, yeah, I did um, too. I mean, any Venom is better than the Venom in, um, in, um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Three? was it Spider-Man two, three, Spider-Man, Spider-Man three. three, the Tobey yeah. Maguire. Yes. Guy. Yes. Mm. That was like the first uh, another great trailer looks awesome. It's Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, who we just talked about in Spiral, and Salma Hayek. It's called The Hitman's Wife Bodyguard. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. So um, this is a sequel. Uh, so um, Ryan Reynolds returns as Michael Bryce, um, to uh, which the, the original film was The Hitman's Bodyguard. So this is The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. 
Uh, and uh, of course, uh, Sam Jackson has been hired to protect Darius's wife, Sonya, played by Salma Hayek. You saw a little makeout scene with Sam Jackson and Salma Hayek. I'm sure uh, Sam was excited to uh, <laughs> shoot that scene. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, great actors, um, great names in that. So. Another trailer just dropped is the next Purge movie called The Forever Purge. Yes. Ooh. They're calling it the fifth and potentially final film in the horror franchise. Um, sure, sure. That's what know. they're saying, man. I don't know. Well, they, they lie. I mean, yeah. I... As long as it I, makes money, it's never going to end, just like all these I, other franchises. I was right. actually getting Saw vibes from this Purge trailer. There's some crazy, like, moments. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely something to look forward to. Um, I enjoy the Purge movies. I don't know why. Not for me. No. Do you, do you think about it possibly being reality? I mean, we might. I think we need it, but. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that. But <laughs> still, um, it's I think people would be a lot nicer if they knew the Purge. Yeah, um, came once I, a year. They'll be like, you know what? I'm not going to piss off this guy. I'm going to be nice yep. to him because he may try to kill me. Come purge night. Yeah. You wow. know what? That's not. I mean, hey, I've been saying that about the whole Handmaid's Tale. Like, if you <laughs> if you if you knew that you were going to get your hand cut off, you wouldn't yeah. steal, now would right. you? Yeah. <laughs> but see, I say that out loud in like normal company, and people are like, right. Oh my god! I'm like, but but think about it. Yeah. Just actually think about it. Absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an apocalypse. I mean, it's, it's definitely something. It's definitely dystopian. Uh, if you know, do that. Um, all right. So the Tribeca Film Festival, um, which wow, it'd be amazing to get back. I hope I can. Um, they are going to be doing um mostly outdoor venues in New York in June, uh, June 9th and June twentieth. They're going to feature several reunions, as that's kind of what the Tribeca was known for, is getting the cast reunited for certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fargo is one of them. Um, Raging Bull, The Five Heartbeats, and The World Tannenbaums. All, all the cast of those films will be reunited at the upcoming Tribeca Film Festival. I remember really wanting to go to the Reality Bites um, reunion uh oh, yeah, been cool. two years ago but um it was completely full couldn't even get on the carpet for that um uh, that would have been cool to see uh talk to Winona Ryder yeah. hopefully she was uh hopefully she'll uh you know if I were to <laughs> interview her she wouldn't be as cuckoo as she was at the SAG Awards if you remember that oh, wow. <laughs> acceptance speech where she was going completely spacey it's pretty funny all right we got some movies of production uh, gotta love Regina King. She's awesome. She's been tapped. She's to amazing. Tapped to direct Bitterroot. So if Mike the General Azad was here, he'd probably know. Uh, Bitterroot is a Renaissance comic book series set in Harlem. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Black Panther produce uh, director Brian Kugler. I'm oh, sorry, Ryan Kugler will be producing. Um. And uh, yeah, as well as the comic book creators. I am not familiar with Bitterroot. I guarantee you, Mike the General's on those who. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bitterroot. Yeah, that was from 1972. And <laughs> <laughs> I have a feel this one's a little more contemporary. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> 
but we'll see. Uh, let's see. Queen Latifah's um, upcoming project. Um, she's collaborating with the Jim Henson Company. Interesting. To develop a film adaptation of The Conductors. It's a fantasy debut novel by Nicole Glover. All right, so it's a magic, okay. magic user, former conductor on the Underground Railroad who solves crimes in post-Civil War Philadelphia. Okay. Um, ushered dozens of people north for wits and magic. So it's like an underground, underground railroad. For magic. With for magic. Thrown wizards in. and such. Yeah, with, yeah exactly. Yeah, so. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we? A novel. There's source material out there, you know? Yeah, but I mean, should we be like do magic in the Underground Railroad and like the same, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. It's, it's revisionist history, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, should I fe- should I feel offended? <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. Did, did you be... see the eye? Did you see the eye roll? I saw the eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, Good yeah, Morgan Fab just eye rolled, guys. <laughs> Lord, great Lord, I mean, that, right? That could that could be interesting. I mean. You know, yeah. who knows? I mean, you know, I mean, they, they, they've toyed with history, revisionist history. Yes. You know, with well, Man in the High Castle, with, 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 um, so with like Hunters Harry, on Amazon. Like Harry, Harry Potter? Bridgerton. Bridgerton is, is, that, is that also Shut revisionist? Up, what? Is it like that? Harry Potter, Harriet Tubman. <laughs> what it sounds like. Harriet Potter. Harry Potter. Okay. There you go. Okay. Richardson, like Hamilton, you know, all these things they do, you know. Okay. Uh, Let's see. James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan are going to be in, um, are set to front a movie called Utopia. Okay. Directed by Emmy and BAFTA winning director Stephen Daldry of The Crown. Mm. And this film is set in the UK from the first days of the COVID-19 lockdown. So this is actually a film that actually um, is dealing with the pandemic. You know, I mean, a lot of entertainment, TV shows, films, pretend that the pandemic doesn't exist. But apparently this one... Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to know why? People are sick of this shit. They, they, don't, <laughs> they don't want their entertainment to be dealing with this shit, too. They want escapism. Escapism, thank That's you. That's true. Yeah, they don't want to be... Guys. Dealing with what we're dealing with now, like I mean, it's not—it's too soon. It's too soon. Well, the, it's an interesting plot due to it. So basically, it's a husband and wife who are forced to reevaluate themselves and their relationship during the lockdown. Basically, yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> that sounds horrible. They don't it like each a... other because they're sick of each other because because of COVID. <laughs> but James McAvoy is great though. Yeah. He's uh, you know, young uh, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> young what? Young Charles Xavier. Yeah. Um, that's right, right, Charles? Yeah. <laughs> um, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, uh, the guys behind the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, uh, into the Spider-Verse film, are uh, another COVID type of film. It's a premonition, a pandemic story. Okay. Uh, follows three central characters: a biochemist, a public health worker and a federal government employee who work in the White House as they confront the COVID-19 pandemic. Again, another film that talks about the pandemic, which yeah. Chachi alluded to. We want escapism. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't watch a movie with people wearing masks the whole time and trying to talk through masks and you can't understand them and it's hot. Right. And like, Too much. I don't want that. Ugh. Exactly. How many movies is Robert De Niro in with the, fa- with the word father in the title? It seems yeah. Like there's a lot. I get confused mm. when every time one comes out. Like I, I'm like, did I ever see this or not? Yeah, and of course it goes all the way back to Godfather, but there's a movie <laughs> called wow. about, about My Father. An upcoming film loosely based on the life of a stand-up comic, Sebastian Maniscalco. So he'll play, uh, De Niro will play Maniscalco's dad, Salvo, in the movie. Um, So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just the kind of the relationship, I guess, of the father and son, that kind of dynamic. So those are the movies you got to uh, get look forward to. Um, of course, there are movies on Netflix. So let's talk. Some yeah, don't run out too fast for those um, lineup of movies. Yes. <laughs> don't sound too exciting, huh? No. <laughs> well, you know, you especially have... because it's summertime, and you know, summertime is coming up, and it would be like the best of the best movies, like the biggest blockbusters. You know, we'd be super excited. But I mean, it looks like next summer is going to be all completely well, normal. We, knock we on got wood. Jungle Cruise. We got Blackwood. We got a few charge. We got yeah, few, we got, we got, we got Venom in September. We don't have Top Gun two or um, Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit, a little bit down the road. Yeah. Um, but for you, uh, people that would rather watch movies at home, Netflix has a few. Uh, of course, Millie Bobby Brown will be returning as Enola Holmes in the sequel to last year's Netflix film. Henry Cavill, Superman himself. Yeah, I want her return as um, as um, Eleven. And um, it's Things. coming. It's coming. I believe October mm-hmm. 2021. Chach. You think so? I think uh, so. They haven't announced. Yet. They haven't announced. Later. I heard well, later. Heard even later. Really? Okay. But, um, uh, but yeah, Superman's coming back as uh, well. Henry Cavill is in Enola Holmes <laughs> as um, the Big Brother uh, Sherlock Holmes. So okay. Yeah. I've got news of the Knives Out sequel by Ryan Johnson, where, yes, Uh Ryan Johnson, stick the Knives Out. Don't touch Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) They just cast Dave Bautista, Washington, D.C.'s own and former WWE superstar. Dave will join Daniel Craig in the Netflix mystery film. Uh, Looks like they're going to go do a completely new cast. So. Um, which kind of makes sense. The, the whole premise is a, a murder mystery, right? So, um, also Janelle Monae, the latest addition uh, in the cast, along with Daniel Craig. So you got Dave Bautista, Janelle, uh, Janelle Monae, Daniel Craig. So far, that's that's pretty good. Also, like, Netflix, like you know these kind of movies, like these actors, like they take a pay cut just to hang out with each other for a few months. Hmm. You know I, I mean? mean, Netflix has got some deep pockets, though, man. I don't know if they're necessarily taking a pay cut for this film. Well, I mean, with all right. of them in the same movie, you can't pay them all, like, what you would pay mm-hmm. them, I think, like, you know, by themselves in a, in a movie. Oh, because yeah. it's a collaborative uh, movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. Versus um, they're not the lead. It's more of an ensemble. It's an ensemble, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, as you know, Kevin Hart, one of our favorite um, actors, Chach, as you know, we did that meet and greet with him a few years back. It was fun. Oh, yeah. He's got a, um, a deal with Netflix, so he's got a um, a film called Fatherhood. They just dropped the trailer on that, um, based on a memoir, Two Kisses for Maddie, a memoir of loss and love. Um, so it looks like a drama. I thought it would be comedy, but like, uh, so Kevin Hart, 
uh, plays a man whose wife dies shortly after childbirth, leaving him to raise their daughter on his own. Oh, uh, I the the preview for that. You saw the trailer, yeah. Was we weeping, weeping. Yeah, yeah. And it I sent it to a bunch of people, and they're like, "It's yeah, too early in the morning the, for tears." <laughs> it, it tugged at the heartstrings, and uh, you know, Kevin's a drama before, but it's good to see. It, it's nice to see him with some range. Range and like just like Chris yes. Rock and, and Spiral, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. do something different, you know. It's cool. It looks, it looks good. It looks cute. Yeah. Yeah, Chachi, you're not sold on that one, are you? I'll see it. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, Netflix, you know? I just like that it's you know a black man who's raising the child and he's not, you know some drug addict or whatever and yes. it wasn't and it wasn't like the mother was a crackhead the mother okay. actually i think she's i think she dies you know what i'm saying this is right. I, just, I just mean it like it's a normal family it just happened to be black and right. the, and like the mother died so it's right. like like the cosby wow. show was right we're showing yeah. real life well i mean bill cosby's not exactly the like, poster child for yeah right. but, but but we thought but we thought it was, was. He was was great. So that <laughs> that's what I meant. It was just like it just was nice to see that because he's he's like a bumbling father. He's like, how do I do this? What do I do? Right. Like, like that's relatable to people. So I I thought that was nice to see. Uh, and we'll see. Uh, Chachi, I sent you this. So the Masters of the Universe animated series. I mean, you know, from 83, 85, it was one of the best animated um, series back in the day. But I love Kevin Smith. I love what he does with his projects. I don't think it, you know, I don't think we're going to get a woke fest in Masters of the Universe. Chachi, you mentioned you're not a fan of the the animation. I don't like this new style animation. I don't know what it is. I like the old school animations like Thundercats, He-Man, G.I. Joe. Like, I thought that was really good animation. This new animation, they try to be, I don't know, artistic or abstract or something. And like, I don't, I don't, this is not as bad. And you even brought that up. It's not as bad as, as um, She-Ra. She-Ra. Yeah. yeah. I used to love that show. Well, yeah, she, they, She-Ra was going for more of an anime kind yeah, of look. Yeah, She-Ra came back with a new, like, anime type of style. Right. Um, mm. And kind of like, really like, non-gender conforming, very, uh, yeah, kind of like a non-binary looking She-Ra, you know. I don't like, like that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't <like> <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of. I didn't even I... see it. I didn't even see it, and when you just let it go, I don't like that. <laughs> I, mean, I don't. She, the character was sorry. Like, non-binary, but she wasn't. You know, She-Ra was known to to be beautiful and, mo- and model-like, but powerful, beautiful and powerful. I and... think it was not. I think it was more like a younger She-Ra. It wasn't like. Was okay, more, is that what it was? Okay. I think she was more of like a little girl looking, not like. Uh, a woman, how she or that we saw, right? I think right. I think I never watched it. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Uh, speaking of animation, um, and speaking of woke, <laughs> on Disney Plus, it's called The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. Um, and all gay actors will be voicing characters for this animated uh, series, including Billy Porter, Zachary Quinto, and E.J. Johnson. So it will be. It's all about a interracial gay couple that raise a daughter together. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is, car- this is a cartoon. This will be an animated we're, series. We're we're literally yeah. doing everything. Is someone handicapped? An Asian also? 
You just said so many things. It's like, why? Are, like, <laughs> we have to throw every, like, we're throwing everything in there. I, uh, sorry. Uh-uh. <laughs> Kiki Palmer. I love also. everyone. I love Kiki people. Pa- I love it all. I just, you like, like Kiki Palmer? Kiki Palmer um, is voicing. I love her. I yeah, like she's her. She's voicing Maya, the daughter of Zachary Quinto and Billy Porter. You just got to do all the things. And the daughter gay, too? This is you know an animation. She's fourteen. Maybe they haven't disclosed whether she. You know, I mean, it, what is Kiki Palmer gay? No, Kiki Palmer is not in gay. In real okay. life, no, no. Okay. No, because you said we said it was all gay um, voice actors. Um, correct. Well, okay. Billy, Zachary, and EJ, correct. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. But um, yeah, it's a good point. Not not the entire cast. So this is a really good. We talked about the show before, The White House Plumbers. It's uh. Based on the Watergate scandal, it's a five-episode miniseries, how Nixon's own political saboteurs and Watergate masterminds accidentally toppled the presidency they were zealously trying to protect. And uh, just added um, Ike Barinholtz, great actor, Yul Vasquez, David Krumholtz, Tim Coates, Liam Janes, and Kiernan Shipka. I know uh, Sabby's a big fan of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That's... Sabrina herself, uh, not Sabrina Taylor Smith, but Sabrina <laughs> from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or rather Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, joining the cast. So something to look forward to. Um, on HBO Max, they gave series order to a family-friendly comedy called The Gordita Chronicles. It's a Latin, Latino-focused series with Diana Maria Riva. I believe she was on BTB years ago. Diana Maria Riva. Uh, Juan Javier Cardenas and Olivia Concalves. Um, mm. Yes. And uh, if Chuck Shady was here, he'd probably tell me to spin the wheel. But there's a reason why I'm pronoun- pronouncing these uh, uh, names within their Latin um, pronunciations is because I'm going to be doing a Latin PSA. Um, yes. I got nice. to practice on my pronunciation. Pronunciation. <laughs> pronunciation basically aren't you, aren't you stealing roles from um latin people yeah uh, yeah is that okay? I, one would say <laughs> maybe but... <laughs> uh let's see on apple tv is that a gay is that a gay um latin person <laughs> it's not a gay latin person you be stealing gay true. latin also uh <laughs> redhead it's and, a PSA, uh... it's actually a PSA, uh with with I, yeah, I don't have a non-disclosure. I can talk about this one. It's about for the National Institute of Health. Okay. They're doing a That's COVID. good. It's yeah. Good tell you them, people, tell them people to get their vaccine. Their oh, COVID so you, vaccine. you don't have AIDS? Not AIDS, okay. not AIDS COVID. Did, <laughs> did they see your work in um, House of Cards where you had AIDS? They should have seen that. Man. Yeah. You know, don't, the there you go. Check me out on season three, people. <laughs> episode four, I believe. Season three. Played, season played three, great... episode four. Played a great AIDS patient. Thank you. You're Appreciate welcome. that. You're welcome. I have range, Your Grace. <laughs> Al Soto, he can do it all. Uh, even AIDS. Uh, yeah, AIDS. even AIDS. <laughs> Apple TV has a really cool series with Stephen special King. special skills. AIDS. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, bring keep it, going, Al. Al, bring, can, in the, bring in the AIDS guy. Get him, get him on the set. Like, right. All right. Call him up. 
Uh, well, so many uh, Stephen King iterations of shows and films. This one's called Lizzie's Story. This will be on Apple TV Plus based on the 2006 uh, thrillers. This is one of Stephen King's newer novels. Uh, newer as in okay. the, the classic ones, right? So it stars Julianne Moore and Clive Owen. Uh, mm-hmm. Follows the story of uh, Lizzie Landon two years after the death of her husband, who is played by Clive Owen. After a series of unsettling events causes Lizzie to face memories of her marriage uh, to Scott that she has delivery, deliberately blocked out of her mind. Okay, Jennifer Jason Lee is in this one as well. Mm. Uh, she been? She's been a, she's been really active. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was um she was actually in the movie Possessor. That was the okay. big set. Yeah, so she's been pretty busy. Also on Apple TV, Elizabeth Moss um, from The Handmaid's Tale and Jamie Bell mm-hmm. are going to star opposite um, Wagner Mora from Narcos in an Apple series adaptation of the 2013 book Shining Girls. So this is a novel. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's Elizabeth Moss. You know you're going to get great acting. Yeah, you know? of course. 100%. <laughs> you know? Um, and Harper, the character that she's playing, is described as a mysterious loner with a su- surprising connection to Elizabeth Moss's character, Kirby. Okay, I completely fucked that up. I'll start from the beginning. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, so Jamie Bell uh, will play the role of Harper in a me- metaphysical th- thriller and uh, has a surprising connection to Elizabeth Moss's character, Kirby. And Kirby is a Chicago reporter who survives a brutal assault only to find her reality shifting as she hunts down her attacker. Right. Wow. Man, they, they're coming up with TV shows for freaking everything. So this is kind of like in the spirit of comedians and cars getting coffee. But this is all about the puzzle craze. So in the pandemic, Ooh. people put together like jigsaw puzzles. Um, it's going to be produced by the lovely Tessa Thompson. And it's going to be on Hulu. It's going to be called... Uh, <laughs> I think it's in the early stages, so I guess they haven't uh, decided on it. But it's going to be a puzzle craze inspired Hulu series. Okay, so it's untitled. Hmm. What's it so called? basically, what's it called boring? Is that what you said? Boring. Well, yeah. I mean, it's basically a pair of public figures or celebrities across various fields who are, who could be perfect strangers, and they put together a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a show. Yeah. Hulu. I mean, come on, really? That no, sounds dumb. No, no, thank you. Yeah. Next. I mean, like, I don't, I don't even like doing puzzles on like my myself. own. Like, right. Well, like comedians of cars getting coffee. I mean, they're comedians. Or, <laughs> it's but that's Jerry. Like, and, and then yeah, they're talking. I about love Jerry. Topics. Like, but this. I one didn't even like, watch. Oh, all okay. Them. Wait. Well, this one doesn't fit. This one doesn't fit. I'm like, oh god, how many times? You know, like how exciting could that be? You know? Like like Morgan could be naked and be like, you want to put together a puzzle? I'll be like, oh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, you would. Everyone would. Want to I, would. I, I, I would. I would. But that's probably the only way I'd put together a puzzle. I hate puzzles. Yeah. Like, My sister, people be like, like oh, this, puzzles. This, I'm like, right. no. I feel no. like torture. Right. I'll like, do puzzles with my Peace fit. Yeah. I love like, is there, is there booze? <laughs> My nephew is the Lego master. He's only yeah. five. Yes. Going Al, on six, I would, and he could I put together that. 
Legos for seven, yes. eight, and up. And he's like, wow. I'm Legos, way, way beyond. Legos are fun. That's awesome. I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. But a puzzle, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I never watched the blind spotting um, um, series, but uh, or the blind spotting film that is in 2018, but they're doing a series on stars, um, which is set six months after the events of the film. Um, who was in that movie? Yeah, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Well, it's David Diggs and Raphael Casal. Uh, they're the, the co-stars and the co-writers. Um, they're, they'll be returning. Um, did you did you watch um, Blind Spotting? Came out a couple I years ago. I didn't know. Okay. Um, Doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, let's see. AMC has greenlit uh, Moonhaven. It's a six-episode uh, suspense thriller set. Uh, pretty cool premise. Set in a utopian community on the moon. All right. Gonna get some moon action. You know, I don't think they. I mean, they've done a lot of Mars stuff on on uh, TV and film. I don't think they've done the moon, right? Moon's kind of like the. Uh, yeah, I think no. Yeah, it kind of gets overlooked over the other planets. You know, <laughs> but. Uh, that could be a fun series, you know. Uh, it's well, the honeymooners on... taking place on the moon? Oh, no, he always said he's going to punch his wife to the moon. Right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <that's best. laughs> yep. tell us way is a looter. Con- cargo he always also abuse days. Oh, Lord, when he could talk about it, right? Can't do that now. <laughs> can't, can't punch your wife anymore. Oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I guess this okay. So uh, so this Moonhaven is, is all about Bella, Bella Sway. She's a cargo pilot smuggler who's accused of a crime, finds herself marooned on Moonhaven, a utopian community on the moon that was built to find solutions to problems on Earth. Okay, that's cool. You know, why not? I love I love a good sci-fi. Uh, let's see, Danny DeVito and Lucy DeVito. Dad and daughter will be uh, collaborating along with one of my favorite actresses, Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to do um, an animated series called Little Demon. It's a, a horror sitcom on FXX, which will also be available to stream on FX and Hulu as well. Um, you got to love, I mean, Danny DeVito. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Taxi to Great. Sunny in Philadelphia. I'll tell but you what, it, Lucy yeah. DeVito's not bad. <laughs> Let me tell you. Like, for, for coming from um, Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito, she and ain't balls. bad. What? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, she's not, she's not bad at all. I mean, yeah. all pictures of her. I might have to do that yeah. really quick. Hold on. Let me see. How about any There's some pictures where she's pretty cute. I mean, I love, uh, as far as famous daughters, I love uh, Dakota Johnson. And oh, yeah. Fun. She's like, she's great, yeah. Johnson. But uh, um, Lucy <laughs> DeVito. Let's see. Okay, yeah, yeah. She's attractive. Right. Like if you had to draw a picture of what you thought the daughter of um, Dan DeVito and Rhea Perman looked like, it would not be like that. Well, you know, they they they've had their better days. <laughs> you know. Uh, but no, yeah, I've I've seen them both in their better days, and then they still weren't. Right. That- <laughs> Uh, hey, no, uh, one, no one had posters of uh, Rio Parman from Cheers. No one. As no a kid. One. That's a very good point, dude. Uh, let's see. We've got Jennifer Goodwin, Maggie Q, and Liza Coop in a Fox 
comedy called Pivoting. Three women dealing with the death of their childhood best friend. Okay. That sounds like a good comedy. Yeah, how can it be a comedy? How can it be super funny? I don't know how that's going to work out. Your friend died, how funny it was, yeah. Yeah, how can I make a comedy out of something so, like, macabre, you know? I don't know. Um, uh, Prodigal Son canceled after two seasons on Fox. Surprised. Actually, I thought that show was doing really well, you know? It's Tom Payne, who was Jesus in The Walking Dead. So, one of the main reasons why they killed him off was he wanted to move on and star in his own series and uh but yeah surprisingly so he um he is uh yeah it's not coming back prodigal son is not coming back um See, i don't watch new shows like new series like that like i you know that's like something super huge that you know is going to stay around i've been burned too many times with them canceling the series mm-hmm. before they're well, finished i think it's more like you got to get that big buzz about it first i mean prodigal son was popular did well in the ratings uh you know uh, somewhat at least i mean, I mean something like stranger things okay i watched it from the beginning you know i, I knew right. that's gonna be good i couldn't miss it you know like walking dead but i mean these shows that you're like what is that show like they're like real obscure shows it's not like like you said a big buzz around it it's like i don't want to risk watching it for two seasons yeah. invested and they cancel it and i never know what happened and then you don't you're not going to want to you're not going to want to watch it after it's canceled because it, it doesn't end on a satisfying conclusion. right exactly right Yep. Yeah, that's a very good point. Well, let's see Kiefer Sutherland. Um, going uh, back to an espionage type of drama. We've seen that kind of <laughs> show before in 24. Right, yeah. uh, this one's um, this one's untitled, but it's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, no title yet. Interesting. Um, so uh, basically, you know, it's Kiefer Sutherland in the midst of a battle over the preservation of democracy in a world of odds with misinformation. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's basically um, it sounds just like Twenty Four. Let's be an odd, you know. Uh, let's this see. This one, he only has like um twelve hours to do it. Exactly. Exactly. I never watched the CW series, The Game, but they're doing mm-hmm. uh, a ten episode series reorder on on Paramount Plus. If you're a fan of the show. You'll be excited that that show is coming back, um, but never saw it, so I can't really comment. Um, a big hit, surprisingly, is uh, Jessica Beale's. Um, now she produced. We didn't see her on camera, but she produced a series called Cruel Summer. Um, it's a '90s-set mm. psychological thriller, and apparently is the most watched series on Freeform ever. So very, very, a uh, very successful Cruel show. On yeah, I did hear about that. I haven't seen it, but yeah. I know people that they said they really liked it. So yeah, I'm gonna check like out. You got some, you know, anything that's a period piece in the '80s and '90s. You know, you're gonna get a lot of, uh, you know, great pop culture references. I'm sure from from the past. So I haven't seen many good um, '90s period pieces yet. Yeah, no, not too no. many. Like, you see a lot of good '80s ones, and and some not so good. But I haven't really seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good 90s i know which 80s one you're talking about wonder woman 1984 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah yeah i'll have to think about the good 90s ones think about that one uh let's see billy the kid is getting a series on epics okay why <laughs> but anyways it's um they just found the actor to play billy the kid um and uh it, Martin it, Lawrence. It, 
It's Martin. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, yeah, his name is Tom Blythe. Okay. Um, yeah, so he'll be playing Billy the Kid. Uh-huh. Eight episode drama series. So all the Queeby content, you know, the the, the <laughs> all that valuable content. Content, of course, no one gets to see it because Queeby went belly up. Did someone but buy now, that free content? You can see it on Roku, guys. Oh, thank um, God. Ooh. All those 30 shows that they produced for Queeby, um, which, of course, uh, went, <laughs> you know, it was a horrible idea. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, Roku, you know, reaches 70 million people. So, and all the shows will be free as a part of their platform. Oh, thank God. So you'll see like um, Chrissy's Court, a Judge Judy Spouse. Sorry, Chrissy Teigen. I know you love Chrissy Teigen. Like, like she, if I went to court, she was a judge. I'd be like, just give me the death penalty and don't even <laughs> have the trial. Like I couldn't stand it. You wouldn't, you you wouldn't, you wouldn't like your chances. Basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to deal with her being like just seeing her talk as a judge. <laughs> uh, she's, like, just, well, she's in deep. Doo doo now. So what? Chrissy Teigen? Yeah. What? What? Why she in deep doo doo? You guys haven't heard? Yeah. Somebody dug up old tweets. What? Was, where are? Where have y'all been? Like, I don't know, but give me this dirt. Yeah, we need so, to. Wait, What's hold on. Market? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, Buzzfeed. This was on Tuesday. Chrissy Teigen is being called out for old tweets, bullying. Then 16-year-old Courtney Stodden telling them to die, and like oh. it's been, and oh. it's been all, yeah, it's, it's been all, the young girl that, that married the old uh, Washington, right, Biden. right, isn't that what it was? I'm like, wait, which one was right. Courtney Stodden? But Courtney Stodden, so yeah. apparently, um, yeah, now uh, it's like Target is like taking Chrissy Teigen's like line of cookware or whatever oh, off. Oh wow, wow all this um but apparently courtney is now nine non-binary and uses they and them what is she i, okay. I can't i can't uh, you know what yeah. let me let me let me just send y'all this uh link and <laughs> yeah, we can, so target uh, target um removed her cookware she became famous 10 years ago at 16 because she married 50 year old actor First of all, how can you get married at 16 uh, I, yeah the parents have to get permission but i think yes yeah, was that the That's, guy from Lost? Is that I mean, she looks he wasn't so. Lost, I, it's definitely what, inappropriate. I, I I don't think that it should be eighteen, no matter what. I think it, I thought it's it was eighteen. Crazy, yeah. It's a crazy parents to sign off on that. It's different states too. I think. Uh, yeah. Chrissy wouldn't just publicly tweet about me about wanting me to take a dirt nap, but would privately DM me telling me to kill myself. Things oh, wow. like I can't wait for you to die. Wow! Wow! the hell like Jeez. Well, I, I i seriously dislike chrissy Teigen and just the way she has acted in the past with people so why nasty. should she be yeah in a she judge really like that's judy top style show you know she really <laughs> has a I, I don't know the whole thing is it's so hypocritical this is what's wrong with the world and yeah. politics and you know, oh God forbid, this was a Republican saying this. They'd be th- they'd be trashed. But it's oh, Chrissy yeah. Teigen, so like one person is saying. Mm. <laughs> 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 All right, yeah. Okay. So breaking that news, I didn't hear that. Surprisingly, it's, I guess it's not. 
as big of a story because it's her, maybe. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, th- I mean, I am one thing I'm looking forward to um, on the Queeby uh, show on Roku is the one with one of my favorites, Anna Kendrick, where she befriends her boyfriend's sex doll. It's called Dummy. <laughs> um, it's pretty funny. odd, but uh, you know they're all like ten episode, you know, ten minute episodes. So okay, something you could probably watch the entire series in in one sitting, you know. Um, let's see. Um, so um, the Joe Exotic limited series with Kate McKinnon will be on Peacock. Initially, it was going to be on NBC and USA in addition to Peacock, but now it's just going to go straight to Peacock. But um, yeah, it's moving forward. Um, we have um, we have uh, Kate McKinnon playing Carol Baskin. Um, John Cameron Mitchell is the actor playing um, Joe Exotic, Shrive Vogel. So, um, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'll watch a scripted series based on Tiger, uh, Tiger King. Why not? You know? The original was so entertaining, and it's like he was <laughs> such a character himself. I don't know why I need a, a actor to play him. Yeah. Right. Yeah, is he I'm still getting... in jail? Yeah, he's still locked up. Mm. I know um, people wanted to get President Trump to they pardon him. They wanted to get him out, yeah. yeah. It did not happen. In the words but... of Akon, locked up, won't let me out. <laughs> 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 oh, too funny. The Peacock is doing some uh... a bunch of um, reality shows. One with Paris Hilton. A third a part docu series called Paris in Love. Mm. It follows her as she prepares to get married to venture capitalist Carter Rune. Um, oh, marrying a rich guy? Yeah, she's marrying a rich wait, guy. Wait, is she wait, okay. is she still engaged to him? Because I thought there was somebody else. I I think yeah, no, I think All she's right. settled down. All I mean, right. her oh, sister okay. Nikki did the exact exact same thing. He was like this. Rich guy from Chase Bank. I think his family owned Chase mm-hmm. Bank. So there you go. There you go, right? Um, you know, I mean, you know, reality shows are fun. You know, um, um, Demi Lovato's got one on Peacock. It's a mm-hmm. an unscripted series about UFOs. Um, okay. Where Strange. she, yeah, her and her sister Dallas and her friend Matthew attempt to uncover the truth about the UFO phenomenon. So they talk with leading experts and investigate recent eyewitness encounters, you know. Anything that will keep Demi off her demons, you know. I mean, she almost mm-hmm. died. Yeah, I know. You know, it'd be good to see her. Um, I have to tune in to see how Elon Musk did on Saturday Night Live, and I have to admit he did pretty well. He did? He did pretty well, yeah. considering he's not an actor. I mean, you know, I mean, he totally was reading cue cards, but he, he had a little bit of comedic timing. It was actually a very highly rated Saturday Night Live, um, 4.8 million um, rating in Nielsen's uh, market. Um, it's right behind uh, the Dave Chappelle um, episode that he hosted. 
Oh, wow. Uh, he also announced during his monologue that he has Asperger's syndrome. I watched the whole thing, which I normally don't yeah. do, and it you, was actually okay. pretty funny. Yeah, and was he was all right, right? I only watched it because it was at my parents' house, and it was Mother's Day, and my mom was like, sit here and watch it with us, and I was like, Aww. all right. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and I, he actually was pretty funny. Like, Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, there. Elon, unmarried, hello? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's unmarried, but he has a baby with Grimes. He has, yeah, yeah, he's he's got some issues. But is he is he not with Grimes? Are they not a couple? I I don't think so, but really, or, well, maybe they're maybe they're married. a couple, but they're not. So he was married once before, divorced that person. Then he was, he was married twice before. Then right? he was married twice to his ex-wife, whatever her name is. Right. And then. Now I think he's still single, but I guess he's dating. But had a baby with Grimes? He, yeah, something like that. He says partner is is with Grimes since 2018. Right. Okay, so right? yeah. So they had that yeah, baby I, with yeah, the odd sounding name. I don't think they're married. They're not yeah. married. They're not married, but they have the... Uh... Right. So he's you know, attached, I guess. I got a lot of respect for him, man. I mean, you know, I mean he's, a, he's a genius, and he's... um. He's doing pretty amazing things and putting humans on Mars and <laughs> and he's um, perfecting the electro the uh, electric car and uh, I mean you know <laughs> so I don't know yeah I thought he did pretty well on that you know um, mm-hmm. yeah so uh, Miley Cyrus actually opened up the episode did you see the Miley Cyrus with the it was good. It was kind of nice. yeah. all the cast members brought their moms that was nice uh, front and center. Which I thought was cool. Even um, even um, you know, even Elon Musk himself, you know, brought his mom in there too. Uh, of course, Pete Davidson had to bring on his mom. Um, he's very close to his mom. That's one thing I will respect. I'll tell you, he's a mama's boy. Like I am, he's a very uh, very respectful for for his mother. You know, oh, that's good. Um, let's see. NBC's also going to air Annie live during the holiday season. So it's the first live musical since the Jesus Christ Jesus Christ Superstar concert in 2018. So that's something to look forward to. It's Annie. Annie. Annie is live. It, yeah. Is it black Annie or white Annie? I don't know. Uh, Does it say? Spanish Annie. Non-binary Annie. Annie. Non-binary. Let's do non-binary. Non, non-binary Asian uh, gay, but... Um, you yeah. know, transgender Annie. Have you seen? Have you guys seen it's the Andy. Time magazine? It's Andy, really? right? I don't think we talked have, about this on the show, but did you see um Elliot Page on Time magazine? Mm-mm. She ended up getting yeah. the um. The he. Top... Sorry, he. thank you. I'm misgendering her. He I mean, got he got top um surgery done. I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna get bottom surgery at least not yet. But um, you should um Google um Ellen Page Time magazine. Well, if you want to see what she looks like now, I was kind of. She's really taking. I, I find it like, very. I don't want to say odd, but I oh, do Jesus. find it. It's just, yeah, strange. I don't know. And then, like, I mean, we're used he, to what she's done. In well, the, then I say he, she because her her previous so work. But here's the thing: is that he he okay? She was she, she is now a he. But she was involved with another she, and she, as in Ellen, or now becoming Elliot, 
the person that she was with was like, this isn't what I signed up for. I signed up for you as Ellen Page, not Elliot. So like people were like, oh, poor Elliot. But no, like, no, that's like, that's like marrying somebody. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, just, just kidding. Yeah, Right. Like you're, you're, you're completely changing who you are, which that's fine if that's how you feel on the inside. But like, you can't expect the other people in your life that thought you were one way to completely accept you and go along with that. So like, or I mean, it's just know, like Caitlyn Jenner or whatever. Like I just, yeah. Who's running I don't, for, not, I don't, running for I California governor. You. Chachi, like it's not, you know? it's not my yeah. life, but like, I, I don't know how I'd feel if that was like my sister or my mother or my father or a best friend of mine. Like that would be a real fucking adjustment. Like, and I get it. People are like, oh, I've been trapped inside this for so yeah. long. Like, that's hard. But, like, you can't ex- you can't expect people to just automatically be okay with this complete transformation. Well, maybe so. not I'd say okay, but sometimes, it's, you know, you can misgender um, because you're, you've right. known that person in their other life. Right. In fact, that's why Caitlyn Jenner is okay with Kylie and Kendall calling her dad. Because right. that's how, right? Exactly. Father. You know, and right. and and I think that's Caitlyn. Even though she is um, transgendered, and um, she's completely accepting that she, that she was Bruce, and you know she's okay with with Kendall and Kylie calling her dad. And interesting enough, running as a Republican. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm curious on how that will go. And this is this will tie into another transgender news, guys. But. Uh, Laverne Cox, you know her from uh, Orange is New Black. She's a promising young woman. So there's some controversy because, you know, they have to dub movies for foreign, you know, the foreign Mm -hmm. releases in different countries. They actually cast a man to dub um, Laverne Cox's voice. And And she's mad about that or she's mad because, I mean, although I mean, she's trans, but the appropriate thing would have had a woman um, voice. What, talking deep? Okay, I get it. I mean, she's got a deep voice. She does have a deep. Yeah, maybe. Do you think maybe they're trying to match the voice? See, the thing about it is that they're claiming that it wasn't. Um, it was not intentional. I think it mm. really was. I think it's probably. I mean, it's it's, probably. it's, a, it's a, yeah. It was done in Italy, I believe. Um, German and Spanish. They're all. They all cast male actors to dub Laverne Cox's voice. So now they they apologize. They're gonna stop the release of the film. Oh, thank God! They're gonna replace. <laughs> they're gonna replace her uh, Laverne Cox um, voiceover with a female actor this time. So they're trying to make good on it. But uh, so a female actor is going to voice Laverne Cox. Okay. Correct. Which I mean, it if she can if she's a trans woman, then I guess that matches the gender. It's just I just don't but think it's it, not it's not a trans um, voice actor, is it? It's a good point. Yeah, I think it's just the uh, people are getting offended now over dubbing right. foreign countries. Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> I think so, but I mean, they're basically saying the dubbing choice was a straight up act of. No, they're calling it a straight up act of violence. How is it violence? Violence. Okay, violence. Is, um, but it. <laughs> has I mean, violence it, changed now. I guess. Yeah, I mean, right. and. And basically, it's insulting if I I feel bullied if I were Laverne Cox. Mm-hmm. It's basically. Wait, who's um, saying this? Someone on Twitter. 
Yeah, well, this is a, a transgender actress okay. named Victoria Shianzano, who is actually, she's actually dubbed the voice of Laverne Cox in the past. Oh. Okay. So. You want to say that this is violence? She said it, she, she <laughs> felt bullied and said it was a straight up act of violence, that dubbing yeah, by. Violence. Yeah. What? Right? What you, you, you could go to the police station, like, I've been violently attacked. What happened? Somebody dubbed my voice that was a different gender than me. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Well, they got to be careful casting. Now we're in a different era, as you know. Remember when Scarlett Johansson almost did that role uh, where she was a transgender male woman and um, after an outcry, she she bailed out of it. And then maybe never got made. Never got made, but Scarlett is going to be honored at the upcoming MTV Movie and TV Awards with the Generation Award. I always think of the Generation Award as like for an icon that's older, you know, they yeah. established. I mean, although, you know, she's done a lot of work and she's a household name, I mean, she's still right. in her 30s and still young and beautiful. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. I mean, but I'm looking at these other actors. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Wahlberg, Sandra Bullock. Uh, Jamie Foxx, you know, they're a little older, you know, I mean, but hey, what the heck, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the MTV Movie Awards means absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing, right? Just like the Music Awards for MTV. Right. Like the whole the whole channel. Like, yeah. Like, like how, how does a channel that has no music and no movies have movie and, <laughs> and music awards? Exactly, guys. Yeah. Exactly. So let's go into some controversy stuff. But you know what? I think we're going to take a classic cut break. And then we'll get back into the cancel culture stuff. We got news oh, awesome. on uh, the, uh, the um, Golden Globes, some controversy of the Golden Globes, yeah, and some other cancel Al's um, cancel corner. <laughs> we'll talk about all that after uh, the classic cup break. So Chachi, if you could take it, take us away. Where are my dogs at? It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy, Chachi. That's right, it's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's Classic Cut, where each and every week that I'm on the show... I think I know what's right. Yeah, I go into our dusty archives, pick a cassette tape, you know, wind it up with a pen to make sure that it's not, like, the tape's not coming out the bottom, and play a classic song, and we have a news bit to go along with this um, I think I'm guessing correctly if this is you the are, You are. Yeah, so is it Julie E. Tawny Katane? Yes, yes. Famous, ap- famously appeared in several music videos for the group Whitesnake in the 80s that sadly passed away. Oh, yeah. Um, her death was, uh, cause of death was not revealed. She passed away at the age of 59. Oh. She was Ooh. also in Rats Back for More music videos. She was also in the Bachelor Party movie in 1984 as Tom yeah. Hanks' girlfriend. Um, she's also appeared appeared in a Seinfeld episode. I'm, per, I'm pretty sure you might know. Yes. As a Seinfeld fan, or yes. which episode she worked. Jerry on. Jerry meets her in the um, elevator. Yeah. She and she she's an actress. Oh okay. So yeah, like back in back in the day, like you know how like you listen to music today on Spotify on Apple yep. Music and stuff. Well, back in the day, they used to have um, actual videos to go along with the music. You know, it was like a right. mini movie that would come along and it would play with the music and you'd watch it and it would tell like a little story and stuff. And 
And Tawny Katang was one of the original um, video uh-huh. vixens where we used to, used to be able to have like hot chicks um, doing stuff like um, in the world, you know, and it, it didn't have to be like rocket science or anything like that. She was, um, you know, and, and here's this video that I'm going to play this song today. Um, she was dancing on the car, um, sexy, and it was an uh-huh. iconic movie vi- um, music video. And she actually dated um, the lead singer of White Snake. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Dave Coverdale. Okay. From '89 to '91, and the song "Here I Here I Go Again" yes. one of White Snake's good one. Um, you know it's most famous songs. And this actually song, there actually was two versions of this song, which some people don't know about. Um, it originally really? it originally came out in '82, like way back in '82, and then was um, re-recorded back in '87. And the original version is it's a little different the way that it's it's um it's more bluesy, a little different pace, um, the original version. And like the the change was like, you know, where it says, and here I go again on my own, going down the only road I ever known. It actually says like a hobo, I was born to walk alone. Huh. Which, mm. which most people know it from the eighty seven version, like Drifter, I was born to walk alone. Yeah. He actually changed it. Um he wanted to use um Drifter initially, but um apparently it was used in other songs um the word drifter i guess in other ones of his songs so he chose mm. ho- hobo but he actually changed it so it would not be misheard as quote-unquote homo which oh. i don't know he thought that might be like he was dissing gay people uh-huh. or whatever saying that was right. going to walk alone or or i don't know if he thought that people would uh, i would think it sounds better as drifter anyway it sounds so. way better yeah than it does. yeah like, like a hobo right? is not like, like a drifter is like somebody who's just like on his own, going, doing his own thing, like a hobo, yeah. like somebody who's like more like, like homeless, you know, like. Right. But this is this is a song that you know pretty much put her on the map and made her a, a household yeah. name. And definitely sad to hear about her passing. Um, but this is "Here I Go Again" by the group White Snake. Right. Rest we'll be nice. Yeah, Tony Contain, rest in peace. We'll be back right after the classic cut with the cancel corner stuff. Yes. <laughs> back. Here I go again. Yes. By White Snake. There we go. That was classic cut. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was a that was a fun song, man. It's always yeah. a club a club banger. Yeah, yeah. It, it's still the test of time. It's one of those songs that is has played at clubs for generation bars for generations mm-hmm. after, you know. Yeah, um, I think even like the kids know this song. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like the young club kids. They know. Young kids today. Here I go again. And, and Gen, strippers. Gen Z. <laughs> yeah. It's a big stripper song, right? Mm. I think more of the Motley Crue stuff would be stripper songs. That uh, maybe I don't know. It's a little too ball. It's a little too ballady, I think, for the strip clubs. Yeah, well, mm. like, um, Tony danced on the car to this song. That's completely fair. And, you know, they actually brought in um, choreographer at the time, Paul Abdul. To try to show her some moves. Yeah. Oh, for that right. video. Yeah, and like, 
it says like that she positively exclaimed that she couldn't show her anything. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, rest in peace, Sonic Pain. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. sad. Um, so yeah, let's talk about some cancel stuff because um, the Golden Globes. Wow, this is. I feel a little extreme. I got. I got to be honest with you. Um, NBC decided not to air the 2022 Golden Globes. Um, and of course, this is the largest fallout for the organization, which has been on fire for its lack of membership diversity. It's a complete year from now. They have complete. They have plenty of time to make the adjustments they need. Um. And do it right. I mean, the Golden Globes have, have been a, a part of entertainment history for years. It's one of the more respected. Well, the last one was the 78th Golden Globes Award. That was the first one? No, no, no. I said the last one was the 78th Golden Globes. Oh, the last one Gotcha. Yeah. Not in 1978. Got it. No, no, no. Yeah. So, um, and they have already committed. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association committed to reform, but I really think it's so drastic to do that. Now, question is, will they have, even if they don't have the award ceremony, they, they didn't make clear if they're actually going to have an award show, like maybe an online, maybe just announce winners that they're going to vote on. Maybe they're just not going to deal with the celebrities attending. So the, um, the actual, what the actual panel or whatever it is who votes the Hollywood foreign press. Yeah. The foreign press. So the foreign press, these are, people from other countries who are right press and journalists yeah. from around the whole world not u.s but the rest of the world right there, yes there's, there's a lot of u.s but it's there, there are other countries represented and uh well, wouldn't that make this the most diverse voting panel of all war shows well when you, when you speak of countries yes but when yeah. they're so black that's diversity that's diverse in all, it every is. country but there's if there are no black voters, um, has there been any black voters in past Afri- years? Are from Africa or African American descent, or just you know of Afro Latino descent? You know if, if there's no African um, from whatever country represented, I guess. Has there been before in the past, or there never has? You know, mm, they, I don't they, know. They didn't really indicate that, but I mean, it's just I think there's a lot of extremes with this because. They do have time to adjust. It's a year from now. Um, and then you have people like Tom Cruise giving up his Golden Globes. That was like a little punk move, I thought. You know, um, he won. And these were back in the 90s, like Born on the Fourth of July for, um, and Jerry Maguire, uh, supporting actor for Magnolia. Um, I mean, does anybody have a backbone anymore? Um no, Hollywood. because everyone's scared of getting canceled. Canceled, right? Like this is this yeah. award. So this is this is the 78th award they just had, and so I, I'm not sure if there was um, black represent rep, black um, people representing uh, voting or whatever previous in the previous past years. in previous right. years, or this is right. a fluke year, or I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard, and and most of these articles they don't even want to know or dig into any of this kind of stuff. But all right. the people who won awards and who cried over the award, this is so great and stuff like that. Like I heard like Scarlett Johansson coming out bitching about it and stuff too. And there's a bunch of hypocrites. Like you all love this award, mm-hmm. you know. All of a sudden, like the news turned on it, you know, because what's the media? The media loves this kind of shit. They they really do. And um, you know, and I think like I'm looking at this past the past winners, 
and there were like a lot of black people who won awards for different categories. I mean, a lot it was of like, diversity, right? Chadwick um, Boseman won for um, best actor in, in a drama. Um, Andra Andra Day won for best actor Day, in a but, drama. Yeah. For Billy Holiday. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really think they're taking it to. You the, had um, Daniel Kalua, best right. supporting Kaluuya. actor. Yep. Um, you had Soul won the best score. The cartoon Soul. Um, um, Soul won best animated feature film. Voice by mm-hmm. African American actors. Yeah, and then John um, Boyega won best supporting actor in a series. Yep. I mean, so it's not like you're like saying like, okay, no black people have won awards. These people are racist. They didn't want to give any mm-hmm. black people. If that right. was the case, and there's you know deserving winners, I'd be like, you know, that's fucked up. You know, like you shouldn't not have people win based on their color. But, you know, right. if you're saying like, oh, well, there was no um, black voters, I'm like, OK, um, has there been in the past? Are you going to get some black voters? Okay. Like um, how many Irish voters are on the panel? Like, I don't yeah. know. I mean, look, M- Amazon and Netflix cut ties with the Hollywood Foreign Press. Yeah. Mm. Warner yeah. Media, which owns HBO, Turner Warner Bros., jumped aboard the boycott earlier as well. They were drawn from all HFPA activities. So. If they do have an award show, there won't be celebrities attending. They'll just announce them on their platform, I guess, you know, if they do decide to have winners, at least for the year. You yeah, know? it's just, like, I mean, it's just like all these people that pile on and they all, you know, they all mm-hmm. jump ship as soon as like anything like might be racist that, that you know, that the media and, and the media does this shit on purpose. The media creates their own stories. Like they love this kind of stuff. Like, like, like I'm sure you talked about it last week with the whole um, Snow there White, is- the whole Snow White I- kiss thing like that. That on um, yeah. Disney, Disney ride, like that wasn't even a real story. That the um ar- the main the first article that wrote that quoted like three tweets that people were offended by that. So if we're using tweets as now as sources that show outrage, then you can find tweets on anything on Twitter. Like there's people that think the Earth is flat. You can find tweets, and you're not gonna go like, oh, everybody thinks the Earth is flat now. No, you know. Yeah. And I, I saw like even like the um. Entertainment Weekly, I saw they had the article about they're like such a such a um, outcry over um, people upset about the ride. I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was like three tweets they they quoted in that right. article. It wasn't no outcry. And almost every single comment I saw on those articles, people were saying like, this is just ridiculous. Like this is like she was poisoned by Apple. You know, it wasn't like a right. you know Lord. Going back to life was a kiss of her true love, of her true love. It wasn't like Prince Charming or whoever it was was trying to get some. You know why she was out, you know? Like <laughs> Well, I do have some documented issues from the HFPA. So mm. apparently they've had a long history of ignoring films and shows from black creators and people of color, failing to show up to screenings and press conferences for critically acclaimed projects such as Girls Trip, Queen and Slim, wow. when they see us. When they did show up, their clients were often subjected to lines of questioning that they felt were demeaning. Okay. Um, okay, like, well. You know, I, I, you know, they, they, they knew in the last award shows they knew how to do better. Give them a chance. Give the HFPA a chance to remedy that. You know, you're just pretty much just right away accusing them of, 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 of racism, wrongdoing. Um, so, so what's was triple you know, Trip was up for an award. Is that what you're saying? Which which one was up for an award? You said Girls Trip was up for an award. 
Well, I guess it's the the, the HFPA um, still has to recognize films that are not in words contention. So if they were absent from those uh, particular um, press junkets, then it, it, it's a glaring omission. Um, well, that wasn't even like a <laughs> like that was like a. I mean, it was, it was a funny movie, but it was nothing serious at all. Girls Trip. Right. Right. Yeah, it was uh, funny. Like, it wasn't like it's not right. like it's not, it's not like that was any kind of Oscar like um, award winning movie Globe, or, or Golden Globe for that. that right, reason. right. But I think it was just the fact that HFPA do um, do cover all movies, not just the ones in awards contention. So, okay. um, so if, if it was no, noted that they were not present for those, you know, screenings and. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just I, I feel that it's just very extreme yeah. that they, they should give them a chance to, you know, um, that diversify their panel and uh, make an announcement and, and yeah. just be done with it. You know, they've apologized. Oh. That, you know, um, what, they, what have they just said? I just read off like a bunch of um, African-Americans that won stuff in this past award. Um it, it, it's like I, I don't want to get get to the where the awards are like. I mean, mm-hmm. Why don't we just start having like best black actor in a movie, best white actor in a movie, best Asian actor in a movie? Would that would that help? Like, I don't think it will help. To seg- segregate it to for everybody, like every kind yeah. of like best gay actor. I mean, people want to be represented. Uh, that's for sure. They want re- representation. Representation matters. We with Steven Yeun. Oh. Yeah. From being nominated as the first Asian actor was a big deal because it was 93 years that you know. But at the same time, like you said, Chachi, yes, you just announced several um, black, African-American, um, African-British, like Boyega, uh, I think uh, Kaluuya is African-British, um, that, you know, um, had won awards. So. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like way more than 14%, which was the uh, population demographic. Exactly. But, I mean, I I want the best movie to win. I don't care yeah. what the race of the person is, you know, like, but you got to figure these, all these award shows are subjective. I mean, you, you have big time actors who never have won an Oscar, you know, um, mm-hmm. like, 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 wasn't like Leonardo DiCaprio just, just recently won one after all those years. And like, um, like Harrison Ford never won one. Like, right. You know, it's 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 a popularity contest. It's people. Yeah. It's subjective. It's not like you're like judging a race and the person who won clearly won. You right. Know, this is all subjective. People who watch movies. I mean, there's conspiracy theory. I think Flex said on the show that a lot of the awards might be bought by the studios. It could be that. It's, it could be that. It could be that. You know. Yeah. Um, and like, it's like I watch. I mean, most of the movies that I enjoy the most never win an Oscar. You know, like. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go back. I'll watch some. I'll watch movies that were nominated for an Oscar, and I'm like, okay, well, this is pretty good, but it's not like one of my favorite movies. Right. You know? It's. I mean, is it time just to cancel all these award shows because like they're not they're becoming not fun anymore? Yeah, I know. Correct. And I, I think the whole thing. Wa- that's I why watched. I watched. I liked the Golden Globes because they weren't afraid to have somebody like Ricky Gervais. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. Do the monologue, who pretty much told things like it was, right. who called out Harvey Weinstein. You know how yeah. horrible that 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 guy was. You know. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like I mean, people. You, know what that, I mean? you can see in the ratings that nobody's watching any of these award shows anymore. And uh, you gotta figure, like in a year, like with COVID, it should be record-breaking um, ratings. But people right. are, are tired of like all like the politics and stuff that are involved now in award shows like it used to just be entertainment entertainment it used to be um glitz and glamour you know it used to be people 
about it was about the art, you know, and I feel like it's getting away from the mm -hmm. art and you're judging like I mean, cause people were bitching about um Chadwick not winning and like I'm like, okay, well and Anthony Hopkins winning yeah, instead, like, right. Anthony Hopkins is not no like white token or whatever that one, you know, it's like he's definitely a gifted actor. It might be his last um one that he ever well, went I, at his let's age. Not, let's not allude to that, you know. About what? Um, he might retire you know he's i mean yeah. he's, at his yeah. age like i mean i want to i want i don't think working at my age like i can't believe he's working mm -hmm. at his age right you now like well god, god bless him but yeah well there's a lot of other cancel stuff um that okay. goes up to reality tv as well Very an much. american idol uh contestant this season was kicked off the show after a controversial video emerged his name is caleb kennedy 16 year old country singer from who has made the top five on American Idol, um, a video resurfaced that shows him sitting next to somebody what appears to be a, a Ku Klux Klan-style hood. Now, he's 16, mm. so it happened when he was 12, so it was four years ago. Um, you know, country's not really my favorite genre, but I guess, you know, I've seen the kid. He's, he's a talented singer. So he, he was sitting next to somebody that was in the outfit? Sitting next to it, okay. As like a joke or what? So he actually commented. Hey, he said, hey, y'all. This is going to be a surprise. I'm no longer going to be on American Idol. He admitted there was a video that surfaced on the internet that displayed actions that were not meant to be taken in that way. I was younger and did not know about the action, but that's not an excuse. I want to say I'm sorry for all my fans and everyone who I've let down. I'll be taking a little time off social media to better myself. But mm. saying that, I know this is hurt and disappoint a lot of people made you lose respect for me. I'm so sorry. I pray that one day you'll regain my tr uh, your trust in me. Um, basically, the mother tried to defend the video. So the thing is, like, um, he didn't admit to saying it wasn't that, but the mother said it had to do with a movie called The Strangers Pray at Night, which includes a villain who wears a white hood. The thing was, you know, in his apology... Caleb didn't mention the movie, so I'm like, okay, you know, that's, you know, it's just, you know, he's like, you know what, it was all about a movie, but it got taken out of context, he didn't say that, so, but the mother said that, so, so because of what happened, there will be a top four instead of top five, crazy, he made it that far in a competition, and they only have one contested elimination this week, instead of the two, I think it was going to go from five to two, so okay. now it's only going to go uh, so five to three, and that's only going to go for four to three. So it's like, holy smokes, you know, it's just wild, dude. Um, I, I can't believe people still watch American Idol. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I like don't. it better than the Voice. I don't know. It's yeah. so, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's not, who are the judges now? Um, well, uh, it's Katy Perry, who I love. It's okay. Luke Bryan and it's Lionel Richie. Does Katy um, Perry still have um, blonde hair? Mm-hmm. I think her hair color just is all over the place. I mean, but also let me let me let me relay the knowledge. A lot of these people wear wigs. Yeah. You don't even know it might be a wig. Just yeah. Saying. Well, she had that short <laughs> blonde hair for a while. Like I, I liked her long, her long black, dark hair. Black hair. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Like, I thought yeah. I the best like that. Yeah. She, she. I mean, she goes through a lot of changes. So. Yeah. Um. Her. Yeah. Her. Her look is evolving. <laughs> All right, so Ellen DeGeneres is she getting canceled? So she um she's uh, she decided to end the Ellen DeGeneres show next year, uh for the 19th season, not immediately but next year. She appeared on the Today Show to talk about it, 
And she said that the, the barrage of negative press against her on the show and the ac- accusations of being a toxic work- workplace um, said were too orchestrated, too coordinated. Um, apparently, people said the show was misogynistic, but she's like, she's a, a woman. Uh, she's trying to like defend how can that be the case, you know? Um of course, she also get yeah, yeah. yeah how, how how does a um, <laughs> a female must, lesbian how is she misogynist? I mean, it, it, you can't blame everything on men. You know, you yeah, can't blame everything on white people. It, it, you can't blame everything on men. Her, no, you can't. Her, it might be her staff. I don't know, but um, well, she she's in charge, and, and people are blaming her, not the um, staff, on um, on being um, mean um, on the show. Right. Which still surprises me because for for me, she always seemed like the nicest person. I guess from her persona. Yeah, she seems great. I don't, know how she was, I don't know how she was backstage. Um, yeah, we don't. We don't know. We didn't, we didn't see any of that. It's just all hearsay. But there was mm-hmm. one video that became viral. It was actually with Dakota Johnson, who I mentioned earlier. And um, Ellen put her on the spot, saying, "I didn't get an invite to your to your thirtieth birthday party." And then, and then uh, Dakota said, "No, that's not true. I sent it to your producers or whatever. Like, pretty much made." <laughs> made Dakota feel very awkward, and then it's so she, weird. And then she ended up having to apologize. She said, "But yeah, but uh, like Dakota was like, oh, actually, no, that's not the truth, Ellen. You were invited last time I was on the show last year. You gave that me like a shit like a bit for not inviting you, but I didn't. Yeah, know it sounds like a bit. Like I would have yeah. just thought that was funny. Like, okay, ha ha. Yeah, she said, "I didn't even know you liked me." <laughs> yeah. I mean, doesn't, that sound, doesn't that sound like a bit? Like, Ellen's like, 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 yeah. like, why don't you invite me to your birthday party? Like, or something the same thing that, like, David Letterman would say to somebody, I guess? Or if, like, if she really had a friendship with her, and yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because it, 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 it's hard to say. It depends on the relationship between the two of them. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, I would think that she would, if she was really upset about it, she would say it off air and not. On to me, it sound like it sound like a joke that you're on like a comedy talk show. Yeah, but but I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah, Ellen is it, yeah, she's ending her talk show. Um, but she's had that show for 19 years, so. But I she's trying it's to say that she was. I thought she was saying that she already had this plan to end um, next year. Right. It, it, didn't, it didn't involve she, this stuff. It's time. It's time. And I'm thinking like. Up. I'm thinking like, okay, well, well, bullshit. You're gonna end it on 19. Like that's gonna be your choice. To end it on the 19th yeah. season. It would have been, it would have been like, the 20th, like, right? You would have did 20th. You'd have been like 20 yeah. years. I'm ending it yeah. the 20th season. And I'm done. Like, don't don't tell me that you had this already planned. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so too, Chach. I mean, it's, it's an even 20 years. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a bunch of um current and former staffers spoke spoke out about their time working on Ellen. So that's where it involved. With the sexual sexual misconduct with the top producers, so that's where the massages probably come from. Ed Glavin, Kevin Lehman, and Jonathan Norman were the three top producers of our show. And they did they did mm-hmm. sexual harassment. Um, sexual misconduct. Sex so maybe conduct. that's where, yeah, that's where maybe the um mm-hmm. came from. But um, um, Chris D'Elia, comedic extraordinaire, continues to be canceled. So Zack Snyder decided to digitally replace him. And his role in Army of the Dead with Tig Notaro. And Tig Notaro has not even done stunt work before. She's doing this uh, um, piloting a helicopter, seeing evading a zombie, and how to ha- handle a prop machine gun. 
but they literally digitally replaced Chris Dahlia because of his sexual misconduct allegations. Oh, what did he do? Chris Dahlia, well, supposedly he um, not only tried to sleep with some of his fans, which, of course, if you're a comedian celebrity, it happens all the time, but some some of them were supposedly underage and told Chris that... Um. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's still, a dumb move on his part. I th- and still proceeded to ask ask the girls to, you know, and said it would, would be hot or something. Oh, I don't know. No. Yeah, uh, if uh, they have screenshots, uh, yeah, that that's not good. Of course, you know he's gonna he denies wrongdoing and everything. Um, vehemently denies everything, but um, but you know that's that's a harsh move. I mean, Kevin Spacey was completely replaced in the movie um, All the Money in the World with Michelle Williams. Right. Replaced with um, the late actor that sadly I think passed away um, this year. Um, what did he play in that movie? Was he a, was he like a was, yeah, Well, no, he was like um, one of the army members. Oh, okay. Um, that had some like light action scenes, um, handling a like um, piloting a helicopter and that sort. So very maybe maybe you know the. The army of the dead, they're probably like the human army that was battling the army of the dead, along with like Dave Batista, as you know, he's the main star. Okay. Coke, gotta give it up for Dave Batista, man, and John Cena and The Rock for being WWE superstars who are bona fide like A list actors that are getting, I mean, that, that's pretty impressive, man. I, I give him props for that. Oh, I called John Cena A list. He's, he's, he's there, man. I would say he's there. No, oh, well, maybe, yeah. He did do that. Um, yeah, train furious. Fast and Furious, and of course, yeah. uh, the um, Suicide Squad movie, and then he's got his own series on HBO Max. Suicide Squad, that's right, that's right. Oh. I mean, but nobody's nobody's on the level of The Rock, though. But, but look at these roles Batista's getting now. You know, he's getting some. Nah, he's still not on the same level. Still, I mean, still on the same level. The but Rock the never fact, never even sleeps. Well, the fact that they've moved from wrestling to to yeah, know, it's, it's impressive. Know. Yeah, but I mean, you have to be an actor, anyways, in wrestling. You like, do so as well, and that that's if you're the, good. Yeah, if you're successful, um, because you have to you have that, you know, your character, character and, like, connect with the audience, right, and that's how right. they love you and everything. So, but yeah, I mean, I mean, John Cena and um Batista both did, both do really well in their roles. Like John Cena is pretty good on the funny roles. Yeah, he is, isn't he? I really like him. Yeah. Like, you find he's him good looking? Funny. Well, yeah, but he's like I like that he he has range. Right. He's funny. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like way way back in the day, like um, me and Al ran into him. Like I think it was near a power plant. That's right. Really? After after a wrestling event. Yeah. And this, During this, a this is when he, like this is when he like kind of like first started. He was like and a he was, like, the rapping, doing the rapper rap, freelance rapping. Yeah. Oh we my stopped God. Rapping. Yeah. We, stopped, we told him we're like and we told him how we did our show and stuff and like can you do like a freestyle rap. For a below the belt show, and he did one right on the spot, and it was pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Why didn't we record it? We had nothing recorded with, did we? Was I this I, before I, smartphones that so we we didn't have like a, a like a sound recorder app. Oh my god, that was well, a. Change. I had my um digital camera then, because we, mm. we took a picture with them. But I don't know if that. I mean, I thought it had video, so maybe we weren't expecting it. Oh, we gotta find that footage, man. That that's gold right there. No, no, we didn't record it, but like um. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't think we did, dude. I that think we just caught off guard when we should have for him to do a rap for us. I mean, that was dope. That was it's kind of like, dope. hey, would you rap for us? He's like, oh yeah, sure. And like, you weren't really expecting it. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. Oh wow. So this, uh, Trust, you sent me this, but I saw it. Um, I guess this goes under um, cancel culture news. But Seth Rogen says he has no plans to work with James Franco again. Yeah. Following the multiple accusations of misconduct against his friend and frequent movie collaborator, they they were buddies they were in so many movies together oh, yes yes and um they started off together in um freaks and geeks freaks and geeks you know they're longtime friends and uh i mean he's you know he's kind of not uh i mean if you're friends with somebody and if your friend claims they're innocent even though there is mounting evidence i mean it, I, it's probably a pr move you know, it, what, it might, what was it he might, accused of? I forget now. James Franco didn't he just James Franco? So apparently, stuff with the students. That's right. So he had he Did ran he? his acting school in New York. An acting school. It wasn't like a and, high school. It was like no, it was right. He had an acting school, and apparently, it was a master class, um, on sex scenes that Franco taught, um, and apparently, Franco, um. Mm. Uh, pretty much ha- um, encourage behavior with students. Um, the behavior of uh, an environment of harassment and sexual exploitation, both in and out of class. And he's having to do, do sex singings in a sex acting class. I guess so. Um, Who said that for a sex acting class? I mean, you're <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's a, probably a master class that had those type of. You know, what do you do when you have this kind of scene and how to pretend, you know, because, I mean, it's not porn you're shooting. You're shooting an R-rated movie and there's plenty of, you know, naughty scenes in R-rated movies, you know. Um, But apparently there's several accusers saying that women uh, that, you know, they they, you know, that he. James Franco asked them to do inappropriate things in their class. God, it's so um, weird. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what that means. It's though. like you're James Never. Franco. Did you yeah. really have to sub- like succumb to this? Like, I, I don't know. Did, did, yeah. did they do it? Like, it wasn't like this is just an inactive class, right? Just something they took, like, just on their own. Was yeah. it, was like a, was it like a college class where they're getting college credit or nothing, right? I don't think it was a college class. I think yeah. it was just like like um yeah, because I, I remember looking into the the school when I was in New York. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm gonna stop by. I wonder if they can have people like audit, you know, sit through a class. You know, I would consider that and meet James oh, Franklin. Yeah. Or just yeah. got coached with him, you know, and and put that on my resume. Of course, get the selfie. Of course, that goes with. Right, right, um, right. But uh, <laughs> um, apparently, I, mean, I was surprised Seth Rogen like last. I thought it was like last month or two months ago. He said that he was standing by him. And how they were, they've been friends, you know, for so long. All right. Which so I was surprised. Here's one a yeah. specific incident. Okay. So apparently one of the accusers said that she was cast as a prostitute in a 2015 unreleased feature film called The Long Home. Okay. And then was asked to perform a bonus scene depicting an orgy in which Franco would simulate oral sex on several women. Lord. So maybe he took it a little too far. So he touched her, or what? Or is this acting? Maybe it was acting. Maybe it was. And was he clothing. the only teacher? And like, it was, <laughs> it's like him and all these women. I think I, I I think he was. Were there, sounds, were there dudes in that sounds. class? 
That's a good question. Right. That's what I'm saying. It just sounds yeah, sounds shady. No, I mean oh, his part or the, or the girl's part. His part. His part. <laughs> <laughs> there are five accusers, guys. So I, don't know. <sighs> I know, right? All right, Gal Gadot. Wonder Woman, love. I love Gal Gadot. <laughs> I mean, she's in the news. Yeah. Right. Two different right. situations. First, yeah. um, for a she opened up more about the Joss Whedon incident on the set of Justice League. Um, basically admitting um, that Joss threatened her career and said if she didn't do something that he would make her career miserable. Um, yeah. Uh, basically the same thing that, you know, Ray Fisher, who played Cyborg, right, said about yeah. the toxic behavior. Um also alluded to issues about her character being more aggressive than her her character in Wonder Woman. She wanted to make the character flow from one movie to the next. So obviously, yeah, I agree with Gal. I mean, you kind of have to make the characters, you know, kind of match the films it's in the same universe, you know? Yeah. Um, so apparently she had problems with some of the things that Josh had asked her to do, maybe some certain dialogue in the in the movie. Um, also talk disparagingly about Patty Jenkins, you know, um, the director of Wonder Woman, you know. Well, he's got a point there. Well, I mean, she's a very nice woman. For her, I mean, she, for her, her writing. Well, the second one, well. Her writing was atrocious. I mean, she's, she's fine as a director, but her writing is. is Did she so, not write the first one and just the second no. one? Well, cause I think, I, I think the thing was, I'm not sure who wrote the first Wonder Woman, but I think the thing was like, they wanted like. You know, since um, Wonder Woman has a vagina, they wanted, like, the director have a vagina and the writer have a vagina. And so they kind of, just, like, you know, since she had, since she was a director already, they are like, we can get the writer to have a vagina by having the, the vagina director have do both. You know what I mean? I guess that was the well, case. Well, because that's what they wanted, that's what they do nowadays. They, they want to mm-hmm. match up the director and the writer with, with the color or gender of the person yeah. in the movie. Yeah, so dumb. Like, like with the new, like, um, Black Superman they want to do. They want. They said they're trying to find a black director to direct the Black Superman instead of J.J. Abrams. I think J.J. is going to produce, I believe. Yeah. Right? But J.J. won't direct it because it, it wouldn't be right for him to direct. I guess. Right? <laughs> he can't direct um Even though he did a great job with the. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, he did one of the better jobs for the Force Awakens. That's the better of the two films he did for Star Wars. Yeah, but, yeah. But also, Cal. Cal has some, some controversy on yeah, the current wave of yeah. Israel-Palestine violence. Right. Yeah. Um, so apparently she said, my heart breaks, my country is at war, I, I worry for my family, my friends, I worry for my people. This is a vicious cycle that's been going on for far too long. Israel deserves to live free and safe. Our neighbors neighbors deserve the same. Okay, that, that's very diplomatic, very, very, right, mm-hmm. you know, very yeah. respecting of both same. sides. Yeah, both sides, uh, right? Piece. Who could have issues with that? So, so where's the problem? Right. So who's mad? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, who's mad at that? She basically says, so, "My country deserves peace, and so do the neighbors." Yeah. So it's basically saying that everyone deserves peace. Right. She actually, because she was uh, Israeli, had to serve in. The, I mean, the whole thing. Israeli is, defense forces. Um, that's like a, uh, for two years. So. Apparently, a writer-activist named Aaron Valley wrote that Gal Gadot's statement is far worse than that tone-deaf Imagine video from last year. Free and safe, the same state that is perpetrating military 
participation, land theft, and ethnic cleansing against <laughs> the Palestine. What? Hashtag free <sighs> Palestine. Um, so what was it? Just a couple of tweets of these idiots. Yeah, yeah. Singer songwriter James Kennedy said Gal Gadot is wrong. Israel is not at war with Palestine. Israel is butchering Palestine. Okay, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, they are. Um, James, Israel, who's James Kennedy. Yeah, um, he is a singer songwriter. Mm. Um, journalist Ben Norton wrote: Isra- Israeli soldier turned Hollywood's. Wonder Woman Gal Gadot sends meaningless thoughts and prayers as Israeli apartheid regime she supports ethnically cleanses um, Palestinians and bombs Gazans in an open air prison mm. camp. Okay. I mean, I, I've seen I've seen um, people bomb Israel, like s- sending missiles over there all the time. And Israel just sits back and right in response. But. Imagine, imagine that's what shit. I keep hearing. That's what yeah. I keep hearing is that this has been happening, yeah. and now Israel's, um, you know, taking or you know, fighting back. But it's like I've tried to understand it, and everyone keeps telling me this has been going on for like a thousand for years. years, for thousands of years, and yeah. it's and like I can't understand it. Like I, none of my people are there. Like I don't. I have friends that are jewish i have friends that are muslim and it's just like to mm-hmm. me it just seems it's it's sad and it's upsetting but like i'm not gonna sit here and take one side over the other when i don't even understand or know you know what i mean and imagine like her imagine her like from that country and she's defending right. her country You're from that country correct she's her homeland There's but nothing also wrong with that. But also, like, saying that, you know, everybody deserves to live free. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? She gets shit for that. Like, I mean, it's like... Why are they mad? Why even even be a celebrity nowadays? Like, honestly, like, it's just... It's got to be a miserable job where you can't say anything. Like, you can't say anything. You cancel. Like, stuff's not a certain way. Well, well, this goes to my next and final um, cancel culture. Chachi, you sent me about Gina Carano. Of course, we all know about her no longer being part of The Mandalorian and no longer working with Lucasfilms due to uh, allegedly anti-Semitic um, social media posts and comparing, yeah, basically comparing being conservative in Hollywood or America's is almost the same as you know being a Jew in Nazi Germany. It wasn't anti-Semitic. It wasn't like anything against the Jews. Like you know, it, she was she was making comparison. <laughs> like you can, I mean, you, can you can disagree with it. That's fine. But it right. wasn't anti-Semitic. It wasn't like no. It was I hate not. Jews. Like you know, like yeah. I'm so glad I mean, the Holocaust happened or nothing it, like it that. It doesn't match. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a good analogy. It's a horrible analogy. It's but kind then, of just like I said in the past shows. People compare nonetheless Trump to Hitler all the time. People compare well, like, right. Um, People compare the treatment of the immigrants to Nazi Germany. I mean, it happens all the time. People always are going and saying, like, I mean, look, even even um, Pedro um, Pascal Pascal like was making comparisons to like the um, like Trump and the Nazis and and, and the Republican Party, the Nazis and shit like that. Like, and he didn't it, really get any heat for he that. He got no heat at all. He got zero heat. But Gina got a lot of heat. Right, she right. lost role right. as Cara right. Dune, but which is which is very interesting. She's still being endorsed. As supporting actress for the upcoming Emmy Awards, and you know they do this four-year considerations where the studios, you know, list the actors that they want you to vote for, you know, to be considered for Emmy consideration. And Gina Carano surprisingly was on that list. And you said that was complete bullshit. 
I said I said I I don't I don't think that Disney is pushing for her to win. Um, but she's on the poster. Yeah, it, 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 it may have even been an oversight or something weird like that. Like I don't think I, I don't think Disney wants the person to win who they fired. Mm-hmm. Who, who they claim they don't. said something racist. So you whatever. think it was an omission, or, or, or uh, they basically it was an oversight that they didn't delete her name from the poster for your consideration? I, I think so. I, that's, uh, that's my opinion. Like that's, that's my thought. Like I, I don't see Disney after firing somebody for that, like pushing to get something to win an Emmy because it, make, it makes them look weird. Like I don't know, like why they would do that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't think. I mean, I I don't think she should have been um, fired, but I don't think anything she done in the show yeah, I don't was, think was Emmy Emmy worthy either. Yeah, I, no, I not Emmy worthy. as her character, but I was, nothing that would be like, wow, she did such an amazing such job. Such a great actress, character. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she did a fine job, and it was but, a fine yeah. job. I don't think it was a award-winning you know. job. <laughs> um, but yes, I mean, I don't know. Disney made the call. I mean, the thing is, they gave James Gunn a second chance for making pedophilia jokes you know yeah uh, can they do the same with gina i don't know we'll, we'll have to see what happens i'm curious how they will handle her character for mandalorian season three i mean yeah, maybe I don't, could... see them, I don't see them bringing her back just yeah why not? yeah why not even just fuck just ronda rousey <laughs> have her play <laughs> cara dude but yeah i don't know they're gonna have to ex- make some explanation but uh and it, the, well, the one thing I will say is that Gina Carana never apologized. And I mean, even though she might not, it might not be a heartfelt apology. Uh, apology, maybe it still do it. Maybe still do it so you can save face and save your job. You know, because <laughs> I don't know. But you know, at the end of the day, she's going to do what she wants to do. Yeah, people, people don't want to. I mean, they you can apologize if you want. People don't care about apologies. They want to see people destroyed, and that's that's their goal. You know these these Twitter mobs and all that kind of stuff. They don't care about apologies or, you know, they they don't want people to be redeemed. I mean, you see all the people that got canceled and they're not back yet. People don't care about like you know like that kid who was 12 years old like in that picture. I don't know what the purpose of that picture was, but like if we if we would apologize, they wouldn't have kept them on there. Like people don't care. Wow. Well, that, that brings me to the end of everything uh, in the council culture. <laughs> yeah, that's a long yeah. segment now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did um, did miss announcing that um, NBC's popular This Is Us will be ending after the upcoming sixth season. Never um, seen a single episode. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. Get, getting a lot of awards, um, but uh, it was really depressing. Through season six back in 2019, but the writers are, are going out on their own terms. This is good because you're going to get a conclusive ending at least. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, so you said you said was it was it canceled or or did they just decide they decide to, to end it? Yeah. Yeah, and I and I respect that. You know, they thought if they think it's a good spot to end it, then then do it. I, I hate to see these shows that like were once good. And I don't know if that was ever. Good. I assume that it was good. It's a smash hit. You got to go okay, out on your it. own. You know, okay. go out. Yeah, yeah, go out on top. On like, top. Like, like Breaking Bad did. And you, you, I know mm. you criticized The Walking Dead, but they're ending with the comic book, the last comic book arc. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. You know, I know it's gone on for 11 seasons, but The Walking Dead is following the comic book storyline, and the final storyline arc is the Commonwealth storyline. So, okay. you know, even though you could argue it's going on forever or whatever, but, you know, they're ending, uh, you know, they're consistent, you know, so I'm totally cool with that, so... Um, and that's all I have. I guess we'll end with um, 
Um, birthdays. RIPs and birthdays oh, and all that RIPs, stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, uh, first, um, we already. Um, RIP shout outs include uh, Tani Katane, which we mentioned earlier. So, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. um, also, Norman Lloyd, the Emmy winning character actor who worked with Orson Welles and Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, landing major roles in 80s hits such as Dead Poet Society, St. Elsewhere. Died at the age of 106. 106. Wow. Yeah. I've read somewhere that he played wow. tennis with um, Charlie Chaplin. Holy smokes. If it gives wow. you any kind of indication of how long that how guy's been around. Right. Yeah. yeah. Lived a long, long life. So um, rest in peace. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, like... Also, Frank McRae, the actor who appeared in films such as License to Kill, Last Action Hero, passed away at the age of 80. Um, and also Graham Ferguson, he was um, one of the filmmakers to um, create IMAX, the giant screen movie company oh, IMAX. Wow. It died at the age of 91. I didn't know IMAX was around that long. Okay, I guess so. 81? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Well, IMAX used 91 to be... 91 to pass away. Um, but yeah, I but guess... He, he created it in when? 81, you said? 81, well, I think, right? 80, well, let's see. Um, for an expo in 1967 Montreal, Ferguson directed the multi-screen projector 18-minute film Polar Life, right. which viewers watched while seated on central rotating turntable in the middle of 11 screens. Wow. Yeah, IMAX, <laughs> the film was I mean, so successful. wasn't always in the movie theaters. Like, it was... Yeah. Used to be, like, special it's like shows. like a science center. Science, exactly. I was going to say yeah, that. Yeah, science yeah. center had IMAX probably the first one they had in Maryland, but it was just right. more special mm-hmm. kinds of showings, like nature showings right. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. So he had this idea with another filmmaker named Roman Crator of creating a giant movie theater with a similar immersive experience, but with one giant screen and one projector, which I think is a lot better than 11 little screens. <laughs> yes, yes. But I guess he first you know, came up with the idea. Hmm. Um, and of course, with death, we have to celebrate. Like all those people, like I, I was thinking about all those people, like in their Hollywood careers, has probably been over for like a long time now. And then, like it's like, wow, they get out when the getting was good out of Hollywood, you know, when they retired. Yeah. yeah figure <laughs> they avoided all that controversy shit. Like they probably were on <laughs> the glory days of Hollywood, yeah. where just drinking and partying, and you're yeah. like having mm-hmm. all the sex and stuff. And, <laughs> nobody's nobody's getting offended. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll definitely celebrate life with uh, Samira Wiley and, and her wife, Lauren Morelli. Remember Samira from your favorite show, Handmaid's Tale, Morgan? And of course, she's in March uh, uh, New Black. Uh, her and her wife announced um, a baby girl. Her, um, I guess Lauren carried the baby. I'm not sure where the father or where that <laughs> that side of the genetics came from. As far as sperm donor. Sperm donor, probably. We, I mean, who we was she from, Orange and the New Black? She was... Um, the, the character, oh god, what was the character's name? That the cop kneeled on her neck. Which oh yeah. Sadly, um, was you know, art, uh, yeah. life entertaining art with the whole Derek Chauvin, um, George. Yeah, Floyd, yeah, she so. was she was the um, the prison guard, like Pusay. the hot, the hot Pusay, one. Pusay Washington, that's yeah. right. Yep, yep. So, so yeah, her the uh, the correctional officer kneeled on her neck, yeah. um, and accidentally. Mm. But that, was, yeah. that was accidental. That was because that one um, crazy ass was like freaking out. Yeah. Crazy eyes. Crazy yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how that that just kind of like 
You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like after, after uh, the George Floyd situation, it's just wow. That's just insane. All right, with uh, celebrating birthdays today, um, let's see. Ving Rhames, remember him? He's 62. Motherfucker. Uh, and this is actually uh, May 12th. I, I actually have both uh, May 12th and May 13th. Okay. That's fine. Tommy Play would be May 18th. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Involvement, 55. Uh, Samantha Mathis is 51. Um, we have uh, Mackenzie Aston. All right. I think he's got some ties to Baltimore. His dad. Uh, I believe he's a Hopkins professor. Um, he's 48. Oh, happy birthday, Malin Ackerman. Love Malin Ackerman. She's 43. And our buddy Jason Biggs from American Pie, Chachi. Yes. You ask him what kind of pie he likes, he's like to eat or to fuck. Yep. Um, <laughs> he's 43. The great actor Rami Malek, Mr. Robot himself, is 40. Emily Van wow. Camp. 35. Emily Van Camp is also Sharon Carter um, from Falcon Winter Soldier. And um, today on May 13th, Harvey Keitel is 82. Oh, wow. Yeah. Stevie Wonder, another, 71. Another Pulp Fiction um, guy. Yes. It's a Pulp Fiction birthday theme. Yeah. Um, Stevie Wonder. Happy birthday, Stevie. 71. 71. Wow. Like, living, living legend. Yeah. Stephen Colbert, 57 today. Happy birthday, Stephen Colbert. Yep. Darius Rucker of Hootie and the Bullfish is 55. Oh, Hootie. Yep. Uh, Ewan Rian, uh, Ramsey Bolter from Game of Thrones, the most evil, despicable villain in television. We history. don't like him. Yes, yes. He's horrible. Isn't he the worst? He's 36 today. Mm, people hated him. Oh, yeah. Horrible. Lena Dunham from Girls is 35. The sparkly vampire and now Batman Robert Pattinson is 35. <laughs> Happy birthday. Um, the lovely Candace Acola King from Vampire Diaries is 34. Um, and that's birthdays. Don't know the rest of those who they are. Don't recognize the names. Wow, what a great, um, um, great show. show. Um, you know, there was a lot to talk about. So, you know what? Fuck all the guests. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we, love the guests. we love the guests. We're, we're going to be setting up something huge for next week, hopefully. Yes. Um, as you know, I was on set. I had very, I know I'm making excuses, listeners, but I really didn't have much time to prepare a show. I literally prepared all these notes tonight. So it was, it was a very rushed job, but we're happy that you, um, found gas on the way home and yes, yes. Let me tell you really quick before in the show, it, the gas shortage on the East coast is no joke. Richmond, Virginia. I don't think Baltimore is very affected. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, DC not affected that bad. Northern some parts. North Virginia is somewhat. Some yeah. some parts of Virginia. There's a gas station by me that was fine, but then when I drove a little bit into Pentagon City, like they were all, they were all yeah. closed. So. Yeah. So luckily, um, I will plug this app because it saved me. It's called Gas Buddy. If you don't yep. know, it's an I've app that it. you can um. You know, it's all right on your phone. It tells you every gas station within proximity, so you have to set it to accept your location. Every gas station that's that has gas or is out of gas, and it tells you. And that's pretty cool. I ended my day on set around 1 a.m. It was really late. Mm-hmm. I had two hours plus drive ahead of me. Quarter tank, panicking, and someone told me about the um, yeah. the gas up. It saved me because I found one roughly about four four miles or so from from the set location where i was in richmond saved my uh, 
saved my day. It, it got me enough gas to get home. And uh, yeah, so I'm yeah, yeah. Like, like, my mom was in Carroll County today, and it took her like like five gas stations mm. she had to go to before she found one that had gas. Mm. Carroll County is uh, Carroll County is 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 also kind of affected by this as well. I, I okay. didn't know that, but yeah, I guess yeah. yeah. So use Gas Buddy, people. Yeah. It's a great app. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to end tonight's show with a pre-recorded interview with our friends over at Click On This, Lena Moscat, the brains behind Click On This, our sister show here, um, and Jess Noviskov. He is a horror director. This is a very heavy film, Morgan, if you haven't seen it. Um, of course, uh, <laughs> the good things devils do. Kane Hodder played a despicable, horrible character. Um, yeah, and you know, I have a problem when there's like horror films that evolve hurting children. I don't right. know, it just doesn't sit well with me. Because I know it's acting at the end of the day, but when you have that element, it just makes your character more despicable. So, oh yeah, definitely. This is a horrible, despicable character um, that Kane Hodder portrays in this horror movie. The good things Devil do. This was shot in North Carolina, um, and it's out on video on demand now. So um, we talked to the director, myself, Desiree Velez, um, the Latina superstar, um, joins, joins me uh, as part of Click on This to interview Jess. Uh, we're going to end with that interview tonight. So on behalf of the panel, the king of the 80s, Chachi McFly. See ya. Your grace, Morgan Fabulous, every Daenerys Monica, <laughs> the mother of dragons, the breaker of chains, queen of the unburnt, and of course, Miss LSD. Adios. Morgan Fab. I'm Al Celebrity Soto. And here's the interview with Jess. No risk on. That's it, I show, guys. We'll see you next week. Till then. Peace. Peace. All right, guys, we are here with the mind, the creative mind behind the horror film, The Good Things Devils Do. We have producer, writer, director, the one and only Jess Norvisgard. <laughs> Jess, good to have you on Click on This to talk about your film. Good to have you too, man. Um, or good to be here. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, de- The Good Things Devils Do. Uh, uh... I wrote and directed it. It was produced by Subtle Film and uh, we had a wonderful crew, wonderful actors, man. We uh, made it in Brevard, North Carolina. It's a fun throwback horror film. Uh, it's intended to be a little funny, a little gross. Uh, when I say gross, I mean just really campy 80s. Um, I'm going to repeat myself, but an 80s throwback. It's meant to be a fast paced, fun film that kind of you know, put thumbs and snows at, you know, the, the neo horror film that we have now, these independent horror films that are boring and, and, and kind of run on and don't say much. And they, they're just, they're, they're, they're made just to appease a budget and they, you know, pretty much spit in the face of horror fans. I'm tired of it. I know a lot of people are. So we made a, mm-hmm. we made something that's fast moving and a little gory. Um, oh Yeah and uh returns us to the days of when we were able to just to have fun it's a fun ride we're not trying to do too much here we're not trying to be the mona lisa we just <laughs> want to take the audience on a really fun ride and have a great time for an hour and a half well you Jess, can, um, can you tell that. us about the concept can you um let the audience know uh the storyline without doing a spoiler alert and sure. take us through the characters and who they are you bet the you actors that 
Glam. Stars Bill Obers Jr. He, and uh, uh, he stars a retiring gangster in a very small town in Brevard, North Carolina. He's a small time hood, hoodlum. And uh, he and his daughter are played by Mary Catherine O'Donnell. Um, a team up with uh, Percy, who's played by Kane Hodder. Yes. And they are out to do a small time job, but they're out to rob a house and to set some of these bad guys up and to get them arrested. It's, it's a little vague what they're out to do, but they get the wrong house or possibly the right house, but they get one of these houses that they think they have the address to. They get in there and it's Halloween night. We have Melvin, who is a, a, a a curator of an old, uh, what is it, the Museum of the Macabre. He's he's a retired professor. He's wanting to open up a, a horror museum, kind of these odds and ends and trinkets. He is played by David Rucker III. His wife is played by the wonderful Linnea Quigley. Uh, his stepdaughter, Linnea Quigley's daughter, uh, played by Kelly Wilson Robinson. Uh, and they're this kind of motley family. And uh, they... Oh, yeah. They're, they're under siege by the bad guys, but also they have this, uh, this part of the museum that turns out to be these remnants of the vampire. They don't, they believe it's real, but of course it turns out to be very real. The vampire is Masquerade, played by Veronica Stoikova, and then chaos ensues and it all clashes mm -hmm. together. Well, let's talk about assembling that cast because you have several horror icons. In your film, I mean, Kane Hodder, Friday the Thirteenth. You have uh, Bill or Burst Jr., um, who's been in uh, Three from Hell, Rob Zombie film, right? Right, right. Yeah, and uh, Linnea Quigley has been in a ton of horror as well. So uh, I guess uh, you sought, sought them out as icons in the horror that genre that people were recognized. You felt that was the best uh, place to have them in your film. Absolutely right. I grew up uh, 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 watching watching them. And when I was going to do a throwback, it was important to me that I get, I get the players who I have an enormous amount of respect for that I wanted in my movie. Uh, Linnea Quigley, Scream Queen, Return of the Living Dead, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Night of the Demons. Um, among, those are just a few. Uh, Kane Hodder was important. He was a very important piece that came together late. Bill Oberst Jr. is the star of the film. There are two stars, really. Bill Oberst and uh, David Rucker III. So he, Bill Oberst was also in Circus of the Dead, Billy Ponce's Circus of the Dead, wonderful film. Uh, and so it was really important to me that we get people who can play the roles. They're not day players. They're, they're in a lot of the movie with budget constraints, obviously. Um, but uh, they just turned in brilliant performances. I was extremely lucky to have those three. And oh, yeah. the rest of the cast, by the way, man, I'm telling you, they pulled their weight. They they did they were not intimidated they did wonderfully i'm lucky to have them all i i think they all did wonderful well i congratulate you on uh casting with diversity for Thank one you. and and in the i was laughing because being latina i could yeah. understand everything the vampire was saying i was like damn straight a latin vampire <laughs> finally <laughs> Did you enjoy her? Did you enjoy her, 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 her talk game? Because I tell you, I was, I was sad, you know, there was a decision made to not have her subtitles, you know, whether I, it was made against my wishes, it's all good. But I thought some of her uh, shit talk was pretty good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even notice the subtitles because like I said, I could understand mm -hmm. what she was saying, but right. I thought it was really cool because it gave her 
a, a distance, like, you know, mm-hmm. she wasn't from um, Transylvania, which is so perfect. Right. right. Yeah. Right. There's a wonderful uh, backstory to Masquerade that was not able to make it in the movie. We, we really had almost no money. This was a shoestring budget. We shot it in 12, I think it's 12 days. It's 12 or 14. Wow, a feature in 12 days. Right. And so we were up against it. I was very lucky to have the producer and the crew and the cast that I did. Um, but I really wanted the backstory to Masquerade. I think, Desiree, I think you would have really loved it. She was this, this wonderful dancer from the, you know, the theater of uh, the damned. I can't, can't recall now, but uh, I wrote it in. But a lot of the movie, a lot of the screenplay never made it in. Okay. Um, Masquerade has some crazy powers that I've seen beyond your typical vampire. I mean, not only is she um, super invincible, um, she's also mind controlling. So that was a kind of a little twist to the vampire, right? Well, somewhat. Um, so it was a new type of throwback film. It wasn't a scary film. Okay. I, I, one of my films that I wrote that almost made it was, was definitely a scarier one. I decided to go in the direction of fun instead for several reasons. But she did have the possess you through the eyes. That is a vampire trope. She could only be killed with a stake through the heart or something through the heart. There you go. Uh, therefore, uh, which is an integral part. Of the right. Her being shot or stabbed uh, does not work. Um, and if you look into a vampire's eyes now, they can control you. Now, the one the one twist was, of course, she was a vampire born from hell. So mm. she was able to take you there and 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 put you what's called under the moon and which is she controls you and your soul is being tormented while she controls you so you put her i'm sorry she can imitate voices she could imitate other characters voices yeah which is a vampire trope this bitch is bad (laughs) yeah so the twilight sparkly vampires have nothing against masquerade so is that what you're trying to say masquerade doesn't like those they they, she does not like those vampires She wants to kill kill everyone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you also went for practical effects because a lot of, um, especially the big budget horror, they're they're relying heavily on on CG. Although you did have some special effects involved, uh, digital effects, right? But you mostly relied heavily on practical. We had very few CGI effects. Yes, absolutely. We mostly relied on practical, which I'm a fan Mm -hmm. of, and which I'll continue doing. Who was the king? Who was the creator behind all your bloody special effects and more? Well, John Lauterbach was our FX. uh, He was our FX pro. He came in, did a wonderful job. Uh, Let's see. We had John Lauterbach and he had a few assistants with him. He did wonderful. uh, uh, You know, we, we went through it in the beginning of every day. We had little FX done every day. Uh, our assistant director was masterfully worked to where we had a little bit of FX every day. So we wouldn't lose time. We wouldn't lose a day. Um, so every day we just got got together in the morning, discussed what we needed, um, and we shot it, man. We shot it. So Linnea was being caked with blood, yet meanwhile we were shooting a scene that took place an hour before that it comes during the movie, you know? And so we just had to make sure that our days were spread apart, but that was John Lauterbach who did that. Wow. So you wow, mentioned impressive. 12 days for the entire feature. Um, were there any major challenges in that small time frame to Many. produce this film? Yeah. Making our days, the effects. Uh, mm-hmm. There were times where we were really losing our days. And, and so we had 
one take to get uh, some critical scenes. And I, I just credit my actors. Uh, there was a scene where Linnea was working with uh, Kelly Wilson Robinson and we were, we had, we had a sequence where those two are having some kind of an interaction in the, in, 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 in Caroline, who Kelly plays Caroline's uh, the, the bratty 40 year old stepdaughter um, in her bedroom. And we had, we had <laughs> one take to go through a lot of that. So that was challenging. We had our steady cam operator come in and we just did it and we did it quick and we did it and they did it right. So without them, man, I swear, I don't know what would happen. A lot of challenges though, but we, we, we did it. Yeah, you did a fantastic job. And, and Kelly, I'll tell you, she got my attention in that mini skirt and uh, thong piece. I'm sorry, my, my, my eyes were glued uh, from the first few minutes. First few minutes, if Desiree was expecting me to say that, and I did, I did that. But I, right. I'll never disappoint. <laughs> I gotta ask, how important is it to have that aspect of, of showing a little skin in a horror film? Because it seems to go hand in hand. Well, for me, very important. We were doing an 80s, we really yeah. were doing a throwback. And I would have, I would have gone, if it called for nudity, I would have gone nudity because we discussed right. it. But at the same token, I was thinking, okay, so there's a little part of me that there is some misogyny in this movie with Percy's character. And it oh, was God, yes. Yeah. And I have two daughters and I am not, you know, it's, it's important to me that I was like, oh, oh, even though we're doing an 80s throwback, Let's defeat expectations here and not do the nudity. We don't have to do that. It doesn't call for it. Okay. We can show some skin. It can be flirty. It can be sexy, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to cross that line where I want, you know, the the women to be able to watch this film and have a good time too and say, boy, we hate Percy, but we understand that this film isn't trying to degrade. Uh, not saying that nudity is degrading. I don't believe it is, but, but, but we, I felt that we didn't need to do that. We didn't need to extend to that degree here. Maybe next time, I don't know. It all depends on if it calls mm -hmm. for it, if it doesn't. But I just felt like this one didn't call for it. But it is important to have a little bit of skin, a little bit of sex appeal. After all, we're, we are doing a film of throwback. We had a lot of the editing sequences, like these real quick wonky cuts, um, uh, really in lieu of, of how they did it back then. Well, Kane's character of uh, Percy wow i mean talk about pure evil um especially um when handling with the young characters let's that's all i'm gonna say but that that really just shows someone's purely evil stuff. oh let me tell you i was more afraid of him sometimes than the actual vampire <laughs> <laughs> freaked me out and Kane, Kane has done similar roles before but I, I would say this is probably one of the most evil roles I've seen. I mean I mean you know he typically is the villain but I know when we were bringing kids into the equation that that's where it gets yes. crazy for me there's some tough there's a tough scene with a kid involved there isn't there there's some yes yeah what made you um because it's not typical to see kids in horror movies so it was kind of surprising in that, in that way reality like to it but porn, what made yeah. you decide to use kids and um, are the kids your kids or did you are the actors you casted actors they're actors one of the children was uh, actually kelly uh, the actor kelly's uh, son maddox robinson oh, okay uh, another okay. actor was our producer's daughter um okay. another actor was uh, uh uh one of the daughters of one of the extras that you know it was just they they came together i'll tell you what made me decide to do it was i had this kind of leave it to beaver world where it was i i wanted to kind of trick the audience into thinking it's this cute little you know, innocent 80s throwback. And then it ran into 
Percy's world, who was also part of the Harley Brothers gangster world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and those two collided. And one was a very serious, nasty group uh, that collided with, an uh, you know, almost like a, a kind of a comic book world. And then the vampire there. So so I, I you know, I believe the audience punches a ticket. And a lot of what we see today, we let the audience off the hook. I'm not into that. So I was like, listen, if you want to watch a horror movie and you're going to watch this, we start establishing who Kane, who, you know, he plays Percy, who Percy is. And if you can get through that scene, then you know what kind of movie we're going to do. Mm. Um, and we're not going to let you off the hook. You want to see it? We're going to give it right to you. All right. Wow. That's, uh, can we talk about the title? Um, Good Things Devils Do, because, uh, I mean, we do know that Masquerade is from hell, but she's nothing good. There's nothing good about her. <laughs> so are, are we alluding to um, um, to Richard, to, to Richard Bill's character? Richard and Mouse. Yeah, I think okay. we are alluding to them. Okay. Um, again, this, the, the, we didn't shoot everything that was in the screenplay. I would have liked to have maybe had a little more explanation to it. But it is what it is. Uh, we like the title. We kept it. But really, redemption. I think redemption. Sometimes bad people are forced into situations where they have to do good things to, to, to get out. And with Richard, there's a moment where he's debating on getting the money and Mouse is debating on getting the money and she definitely wants to more than him. But I think you'll see that his character is more interested in saving people and getting out than completing the job. And so we, we do see that bad people can change when you know, shit hits the fan. All right. Well, let's talk about the horror genre in general. I mean, obviously you're a long time horror uh, fan. And of course that's, you know, evident in your work um and any particular filmmakers that resonate with you with your work oh that's a tough question um in the past or now uh in the Let's past go everything yeah everything yeah in the past certainly uh you know george Romero, john carpenter um uh uh, uh i'm gonna forget names here and i'm gonna be I'm how about gonna... rob zombie uh, Rob Zombie, uh, I've seen some of his work. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of his music for sure. Um, uh, I've not seen all of his work. I think he is a visionary. I I love his visuals. I think uh, mm-hmm. he reminds me a little bit of Tim Burton in the fact that whether you like his actual movie or not, his 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 visuals are are absolutely breathtaking. Um, you look at House of a Thousand Corpses and and yes. And his, whether you like the movie or not, the art of it is 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 phenomenal. Uh, great film, great film. Yeah. So I tell you, the filmmakers I love now, and my film does not reflect either one of those. Uh, but my two favorite filmmakers are Michael Haneke and Gaspar Noe. Um, Park Chan Wook is one of them. But uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I'm 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 in tune with a lot of the modern horror filmmakers. I. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Oh my heavens! I'm forgetting, and I'm I'm embarrassed. But uh, the guy who did Hereditary and uh, Midsummer, I like him. I oh, like what yeah, he's doing. yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I'm really. How about the Conjuring? Which what? The Conjuring universe. Any of those films? For me, that's one of my favorite uh, of the universe, the horror universe films with Annabelle and and the Nun. I Conjuring like one and two. I like them. I don't love them. My kids. I don't know. I liked. Them. I liked the newer ones, like. Uh, us remember that one that came out recently us, oh that, yes that mm-hmm. scared the bejeebies out of me that was apocalyptic as well you know it's 
You've left you thinking a few days. Mm-hmm. And and he's such a talented he's such a talented filmmaker. You know, you watched. I I, I used to watch. Jordan, all you're his, talking about Jordan Peele, yes? Yes, Jordan Peele. Uh, I used yeah. to watch all. Um, oh my God, what was it called? He and a uh, Key and Peele, and I would just die laughing. And and mm-hmm. I I always said for so long, I said these guys are are immensely talented. I'm I'm curious to see what they do. And yeah. he went off and, and did horror. I was like, oh, is he going to be good? Oh, he's been he's, he's been great. He's he's a mm-hmm. he's a wonderful name in the business. Absolutely. Can we go give kudos to your hair and makeup and wardrobe? Because with that much blood, I'd imagine you had to get either pretty good at doing one takes or they had to like redress people quickly. I mean, because they deserve massive kudos, and I think they hated me for a while because the, <laughs> the, the mantra for a while was more blood, more blood, more blood. Yeah. Um, I don't think the actors, I think some of remember, remember, you guys know, uh, I, I, would, I would remind some of the, we, we shot this thing in the, in the bitter cold. Uh, it was, the temperatures were freezing, and we shot a lot of it outside exteriors, mm-hmm. and we had to apply so much blood. Some of them were, underneath the ground for some of these scenes. We, we had to s- dig a hole and put a Veronica in there. Mary Catherine only had a, a small uh, 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 Halloween suit on there and she was just caked with blood. Uh, some of them were probably borderline hypothermia sometimes, but yeah, um, we did they, they, we did a lot of blood, a lot of gore and, and they were phenomenal and, uh, and they, were, they were troopers and with one takes and they did not stop working from the morning into the night, man. Fantastic. Well, what's next on what's next on the horizon, Jess? After well, yeah, after marketing this film, and then best of luck with with the the good things devils do because uh, it's a great film, great I film. I so appreciate it. We got a few edge, things edge, edge of your seat type of, of horror throwback horror film, but on uh, ride, no boring stuff here. We're not going to be pretentious and bore you with you know endless yeah. scenes where we're going to tease something and not deliver. I think one thing with devils is 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 our goal was to deliver. Um, what's next? Few things. We have a we've got a merchandising deal starting with Devils, which is I'm I'm really surprised. Oh because we're wow, so, nice! It's a small independent film, so I'm I'm thrilled with that. That's awesome. Um, we're doing the Dead Cards uh, uh, with uh, um, uh, fellows by the name of Mark Roberts and Justin Boring. Um, they're so phenomenal. Uh, they're coming out with a, a card. So we're doing something called Project Volstater. It's just where a bunch of filmmakers and different artists get together and we start making different things, whether it be music. And we, so there's an animation. There's a Percy animation coming, guys. Um, uh, wow. And lastly, um, well, I, I was actually working on this before the, before the interview. I'm, I'm writing a film, not directing it, not doing anything with it except for writing it, but it's called The Devil's Circle. Jed Jedikowski's The Devil's Circle. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, and then I'm doing a werewolf film very soon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which particular uh, actor uh, do you have your eye on for your next project? Maybe even the werewolf werewolf film. You have a, well, a big actor, a big horror icon in mind for the next. I've got a few. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, Bill, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back with my my, my guy Bill. Uh, okay. I love working with Bill Oberst. He is he is just everything you could ever want. Mm-hmm. Kane Hodder may be involved if uh, he's not busy. Uh, I'm going to throw out a name in there. If, you, if, if, if it reaches him, I hope it does. Ken Foree. Uh, 
I got a few uh, names on the on on my mind, but we're gonna have to work it out with agents and timing. So yes. all that we determine. Uh, theoretically, like Kelly uh, again, love to work with a lot of these guys again. Ian Patrick, you had like an unlimited budget for any A-list actor for your film. Who would you choose and why? Mm. Like you um, can go crazy budget. <laughs> Christian Bale. Nice. Good choice. Christian Bale, I think if I had any budget where I could do something, Christian Bale or, uh, you know, Denzel Washington. Yes. Those, those are my, my, probably my dream actors. If I could put them together and, you know, probably not going to happen, but if I could put them together. And, and I haven't seen them in much horror, so that, that'd be fantastic. Right. That's I haven't seen Denzel have... in any horror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis has done it. I haven't seen Denzel do it. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis put her teeth on it. Halloween. Yes. Phenomenal. Phenomenal choices. Wow. Jess, this was an incredible interview, man. Thanks so much, man. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys. Yeah. um, I guess you could throw out the um, anything we can uh, for promoting the film, links, social media, um, you know, any websites that you want to throw out in promotion of the film. Well, yeah, um, let's see. Uh, uh, so we're getting a web page and we're going to we're, we're developing web page for the merchandise. But right now we're on Facebook. That's its homepage right now. It's on Facebook. The good things devils do. OK, we're on Instagram. Uh, Got to get some money that I'm terrible at social media. Um, let's see. We are on all platforms, I believe, except for Netflix, uh, Netflix, Hulu, Redbox. We are not on those three. OK, but you're it. on. Yeah, we're on Amazon, we're nice. on PlayStation, Google Play, uh, Xbox, we're on a, a Tubi Voodoo, um, I believe on every major platform other Fantastic. than those two. You can find us almost anywhere. You can find us at Walmart, Target, uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of rentals. Really? There. You're on, in Walmart and Target already? When, when did you premiere? Well, I, I can't remember the date. What, do you remember the date? I think it was August 12th. Yeah, I think it was August 12th. Yeah, yeah, we 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 premiered and we uh we've 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 gotten we've won a few awards at the film festivals, the ones that, that have asked us. Um a few have asked us to come. We've uh, premiered, I think that was our big premiere was uh Sinfest. Uh that was down in Miami, Florida. We won uh, the Wrath Award for that. By the way, Kane Hodder won the Lon Chaney Jr. Award for his role in Percy. Which is oh my really- gosh. I'm still trying to get over the fact that you said you're going to do an animation with Percy. I'm like, the only animation that's going to give me nightmares. Thank you. Yeah, I will have nightmares tonight. <laughs> we had a few animators that were like, hey, let's, can we do this? I said, yeah, let's do it. And talk to Kane. He said, yeah, get with me when you're going to do it. So, so we're going to rock and roll. It's not going to be long, but it'll be fun. Awesome. But congratulations yeah, on all the distribution you got going. That's Thank you. Yes. Thank amazing. You. All right. I credit well, the cast and crew, man. Awesome. Well, we look forward to the next project. And of course, check out the good things devils do um, in, at all the streaming platforms you mentioned and at Target and Walmart and, and check it out. And, and Jess, we, thank you so much for talking with us here at Click on This. Thank you, too. And we deliver, thank guys. You. Anyone out there who wants to watch the film, we do deliver. We're not a boring film. We come at you. Thank hey, you. Send, oh, yeah. send the love back to your cast and your crew. Mm-hmm. Um, congratulate them from us mm-hmm. thank you guys fantastic interview you guys are amazing thank you right, thank you right. well it has been a ill show tonight and i think we have all learned some valuable lessons this is your bot for the bad boys of baltimore saying until next time keep chilling
like a villain.